What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 190. It is a beautiful Super Bowl Sunday here. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined, as always, by this illustrious panel. To my right, the man you know as a seven, my partner in crime, Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> on, a, on a good day, that's <laughs> that's a seven. What's going on, everybody? I'm ready for the I Super Bowl. I, I have no rooting interest in either team, but oh, I have no. a rooting interest in food. And there is a crap ton of dead chicken in my refrigerator right now that will be cooked up in various ways in about Excellent. two or three hours. Excellent. You don't want to yeah, keep your live chickens in the fridge, so that makes sense. That checks no. out. <laughs> I, yeah, I keep I keep them in my kids' rooms. Uh, that's, that's the so they pens, can get to know you it call them, the pens. Yeah. 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 You, I like I like my kids to form a bond with their food. So, yeah, makes sense. Know, we get to that point. Yeah, life lessons. Yeah. That's right, man. That's what we do at the Rodriguez That's residence. That's right. As always, joining us as well. You know him as, you know, one of those contributors over at IGN who, in my opinion, is just one of my favorite people to talk with in this industry, Mister Ty Guy Travis. McClunky, how you guys doing? Busy week for me, lots of reviews and previews, so excited to talk about all the news and stuff that's going on. It's been a crazy couple of weeks in the industry. Yes, we have a lot to talk about today, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting, at least in my opinion. I don't know yeah. about anyone else's opinion. And we learned about a death in the industry, <laughs> this Martha person, pretty interesting Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, we'll be talking about that as well. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about that as well. And not last but not least, of course, you know him from Virtual Legality, Hogue himself, Good morning, Rick. I, you don't I am myself. No, I feel I feel very myself this morning. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, Super Bowl Day is always fun in Hogue House. I'm a big football fan. Looking forward to it. Celebrating Valentine's Day early uh, and uh, having a good time. Sundays are nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Some of that that I've already heard referenced. We did videos on in virtual legality. Check those out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. No doubt. We, uh, we almost had a really epic uh, Super Bowl. It, both of our teams were runners up. Hogue. So we almost had a because they're in Kansas City, right? You guys? Yeah. And our, I'm in San Francisco. We almost yeah. had a. Very, and I are uh, Kansas City. Oh, they're, they're your teams. I'm like, no, hold on. I live outside of Metro Detroit. Yeah. I'm very you know, your team's not in it. I, <laughs> my Sorry, entire buddy. life, the Lions <laughs> haven't been in it. My, my, my entire life, from birth till now, not remotely close. So I, I really, I didn't understand what was being said there for a second. No, no, I'm, I'm saying like this, the Bitcast. This was almost a very contentious Sunday. We were, it was going to be me, you know, rooting for the 49ers and them rooting for whatever. Well, remember, I'm, I'm from San Fran, so my allegiance. Yeah, he's a 49ers fan. Yeah. Really? I, Are you a 49ers fan? Really? I've told you this, dude. I grew up for 40 years a 49ers fan. Yes. I didn't I, know that. You know what's crazy is uh, Ebontis and Cognito, neither of them have ever lived in the Bay Area or anywhere near, and they're both Niners I, fans. They both are diehards, yeah, but it's I'm crazy. actually it's, there. So. It's crazy, yeah. Well, okay. I tell you what. You know who quarterbacked the Lions for a long time? Matthew <laughs> Stafford. So he's in the Super Bowl. That's What we've taught the world is that if you can get out of the grasp, the clutch of the Detroit yeah. football Lions, you can actually make something of yourself. Right. <laughs> you can make something of yourself. Listen, as a Bears fan, I can feel us rapidly losing you. viewers talking about football. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, news. Madden's like, a big seller. I, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not on this. Madden, Madden fans don't listen to a gaming podcasts. Let me tell you that. <laughs> very true. Very true. We'll talk about Call of Duty instead. Apparently, um, 
Anyway, uh, what's going on, Chad? Good to see everyone this morning. Uh, we got a, a lot to talk about, but first, before we get to that, I want to quickly mention that um, you might have seen my post on this, and I know um, some of this is due to some of our new series that we did. Some of this is due to, to Rick's presence, of course, but uh, just fantastic growth on the channel. Um, we saw a whole influx of new subs over the past two weeks or so, three weeks, and uh, it's just been awesome to see a lot of new faces, a lot of new comments, so really appreciate that um hope you're enjoying that i also uh want to point out we are 10 episodes from episode 200 boys so we uh we're definitely gonna have to think of something special for that obviously it's still a few months away but math checks out on that i think um but <laughs> regardless uh episode 200 it's got to be something special so we'll we'll get to working on that um but yeah man it's great to see so many people kind of reaching out uh and joining the sg community and uh just having a good time man. and and it's all good people which is what uh what we're all about here so thank you for that all right uh big topic today it's going to be really about the future of call of duty we want to touch on the statements made by xbox this week they're kind of public facing statement if you will obviously rick has talked about this pretty extensively but uh, we'll touch on that, and we got uh, we got the news on future Call of Duty this week as well. New engine, Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2, a lot coming down the line. We'll touch on Martha is Dead, the controversy there. And uh, we've got a big Destiny reveal. I promise to keep Travis on a leash, hopefully. I'll mute him if need be. And uh, we've got a few other things to touch on as well. But before we get to that, we're playing some good games. We're playing some terrible games. Uh, and I think, uh, why don't we talk about a few of those? So... Uh, Travis, I'm going to start with you because uh, you have the distinct pleasure, a pleasure, to review two, not one, but two reviews for this fantastic game I hear, Crossfire X. Yes, I am How's reviewing it. Uh, yeah, it is a, a master class in what not to do if you're uh, if you're if you're basically porting. It's kind of a port of a very classic uh, PC franchise. Uh, which it, it appears they, they spent almost no time doing. It it reeks of a college term paper that was written the night before by a student that was uh, suffering from a severe hangover. Um, <laughs> it it uh and it shows like it, it's That's just everything specific, about Travis. it. Yeah, I know, yeah. I have a lot of experience in this area. He's lived that life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is uh it's it's painful, man. I, I I'm so disappointed because you know, like a, a Counter-Strike-esque game on console has been the dream for a while. CSGO, I think, you know, f- fulfilled some of that need. I, I think probably didn't fulfill its, its full potential, but, you know, Crossfire X is such a big game on PC, and uh, I think it deserved better, man. Like, the the port is just so bad. The controls are awful. The game doesn't work. It's got tons of technical issues. It actually reminds me a little bit of Master Chief Collection because uh, when it originally launched, because it has this problem where all these different pieces of the game were worked on by different teams and then shoved into one menu together. And the menu itself is unstable. Like the menu crashes and has frame rate issues and like all these problems. It's so, so bizarre. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm writing a review for both the campaign and the multiplayer uh, sandbox. I've spent dozens of hours in each of those. And uh, I, (laughs) Uh, I have written my reviews. They're going to go live sometime this week, probably Monday or Tuesday. And uh, spoiler alert, they're not going to be very positive reviews. The games are not good. Uh, Both the campaign and the single player are not very good. So uh, it's been been rough, man. I I, I did those. I also reviewed. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I wasn't going to jump over. I, I was just going to comment on, for those that don't see the video here, I, what I really loved is when Travis said, I've spent dozens of hours in each. And if you've ever seen like a like a POW representation in a movie <laughs> or somebody that's just is shell-shocked by what they've been through, <laughs> Travis's eyes shared everything. Dead, doll eyes. Good stuff. Dude, it's tough. Like, he I, looks especially, he looks especially the multiplayer, like – I. I was just like, I've got to keep playing just for the purposes of this game. But like, after you've played each mode once, you're like, I think I get it. But I think I get it. I don't need to keep, I, I get it. But like, knowing that one of the game, oh, dude, two of the game modes are so broken. It, it, I have trauma. I'm going to have to go see a therapist after this. This is painful. Um, but yeah, uh, th- I reviewed that. And then I also reviewed this week uh, the Far Cry 6 DLC um, for Joseph Seed. Uh, called okay. Collapse. Oh, they, you know, they're doing one for each of the villains, yeah. uh, which I gave a five, um, which is mediocre for IGN. Um, so playing another another not so great game. And then uh, I also did a preview of the new Assassin's Creed Ragnarok uh, DLC. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok. These titles <laughs> are getting very long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a lot. But th- that was actually pretty cool. You get to, you get to play as Odin, uh, in in an Assassin's Creed game, and and it has like its own map, and you have crazy superpowers, and sure. it's very unlike anything Assassin's Creed has done before. And and based on YouTube and IGN comment section, a lot of people aren't happy about that. They're like, this is an Assassin's Creed. But also, did you play Valhalla? I, I was going like to ask that, that same question. There's a whole sequence where you're in freaking Asgard. Do people yeah. know that in Valhalla? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think probably a lot of people didn't. Probably a lot of people haven't played that that far. But also. Uh, like, wasn't the problem with Valhalla that it was just like you fighting things with axes for like 80 hours? Like, and they're, 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 they're saying, okay, well, let's just do something completely different that's super over the top and, and weird. And I, uh, I give them credit for trying to mix up the franchise, which I think is, is something that they've always been pretty good about doing. Yeah. Um, why not? But, why not? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I at least since Odyssey, but probably since Origins, they've wanted to be what I usually refer to as, you know, my first Witcher. Teen Witcher, whatever you want to call it. So lean right. into it. Fight some monsters. Yeah, <laughs> Why not? Exactly. yeah. People right. people like to act like Assassin's Creed was ever realistic. Like in the first game, you fight like a wizard with a magic staff. Like it's crazy. It's the a it's a magic crazy power game. for Pete's sake. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and there's like there's been gods in it forever who left yeah. behind artifacts. Like you fight the Pope, the magic Pope. The magic Pope. The games. Like, yeah. It, it, it's like it, the games have never been realistic. Like let them do their thing. Like, you know, I, that, that's what I say. But now if, if it's a good game or not, is a completely different uh, conversation. Sure. And, and Valhalla certainly had its issues, but uh, yeah, I'm willing to play as Odin, give it a chance. We'll see, see what happens. You get, to, you get to fly around as a bird and then assassinate people as a bird. That's sweet. Like I want to do that. That's cool. You sold me. I don't. I, yeah. know, I don't. I don't have a problem with this. But I'm. I'm. You know. I don't know. People know me enough in terms of my video game tilts. I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed, and I'm a big fan of both versions of it. Right. I think it uses the same name, but there's a clear split when you start sure. Origins and Odyssey yeah. and Valhalla. I'm a big fan of the, the stealth, somewhat more linear approach of the earlier Assassin's Creeds. I'm a big fan of Teen Witcher. Um, Odyssey, I think, is the best iteration of it. But I, I enjoyed Valhalla. I actually think Valhalla yeah. is too big. I, I actually yeah, I enjoyed Ireland because it was compact. They told a narrative that I could do it within my work day, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I wish they would do more of that. So I think there's another piece of news or at least a potential leak of them potentially making a smaller one. Yeah. I'm also interested in that I think could be cool. Yeah, yeah. there is. Uh, so by the way, for 
Uh, good morning, everyone. I see new faces jumping in. Uh, for those who aren't aware, the whole thing with Dan and the seven and being a seven and his shirt <laughs> comes from Assassin's Creed Valhalla because he mm. reviewed it for us, gave it a seven, which at the time it was a little lower than kind of the curve in Assassin's Ooh. Creed being a big franchise. You know, people gave him flack for it, but he stands by it. And I think over time, he's probably been proven pretty, pretty correct. I think I think that's it's, it's that's one of those probably the score I would have given it to be honest. You know, it, yeah, it, it was, yeah. To talk about tilt, so I'd big. probably give it an eight. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those things where it's to your point, Travis. You know, you kind of want to try some new things, but you know, for me, like like the Joseph Sneed stuff, you know, the boss stuff, this kind of thing. I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of uh, either DLC or expansions that take you out of the main story. I always like to have you know, have stuff added to it. So this one, it sounds like I read your uh, preview, more of like a standalone, something that's completely outside of. It, it you, is. Are, now, are you playing as, are you playing as Abior as Odin? Yes. So basically what happens is you, uh, you go on a spirit quest. So you, you go to like the shaman and she's like, drink this and you'll have visions. Yeah. And then you dream of being Odin. But the, the crazy thing is it is a, a standalone sandbox but you can bring certain stuff you get in the DLC back into the main game, including sure. some of the like the god weapons that shoot lightning and stuff. And so, so it does have like some you get some magic powers you get to bring back back with you, but you will not be turning into a bird in the uh, in the main okay. game. So yeah, and that's now, very similar it... to Ireland. You can get a lightning staff that you right. bring back and uh, breaks the game for a while as you use it. But I think Ubisoft and I this is to their credit from my perspective, but I can see why some people might not like it generally seems to be experimenting in its DLC, right? One of my favorite games of the last couple of years, honestly, in this vein was Gods and Monsters, which I refuse to call Phoenix Rising. And every single DLC that they did for that was something different. They had a Diablo game. They had a puzzle game. They, they did everything separate from what the original game was. Uh, and I like that. Um, yeah. And I think that that's how they've done some of this. You see even in Far Cry 6, right? All of those is like, well... What, is, what does it take to make a roguelike? And as Travis, I think, points out pretty well, uh, more than you're doing right now. Uh, you didn't frame it properly. It's too easy. These various things. But that's Ubisoft kind of figuring out what it might be able to do and training its people. Like you see uh, Disney or Pixar giving their folks shorts uh, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. I, I think that's a good method, but I can certainly understand why somebody that just likes playing as a Viking in Valhalla or, or just... Uh, playing Phoenix Rising might not like what they've done with the DLCs, especially if you bought a season pass in advance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would actually even say that they've they've been done a good job experimenting with the series in general, like whether they changed it to Teen Witcher or whether they added multiplayer for a while. That was crazy. Also super underrated. I feel like they should add that back. But uh, I like the multiplayer that was competitive. I hated Unity. I hated I hate Assassin's Creed. Oh, oh yeah. I, I forgot it. about the co-op. I was talking about competitive <laughs> multiplayer. Oh, yeah. I loved it. That was the best. That game was so good. Game. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. That's I get I do that in Dead by Daylight now. That's where I that's where I have my hide and seek game. <laughs> oh, I haven't played that one, but I hear uh, one of my favorites. And I'm not a big multiplayer gamer. Love Dead by Daylight. I'll play with you. I'll show you the ropes. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, on Assassin's Creed, they did this week uh, uncover. I think it was Bloomberg and Eurogamer kind of confirmed it that they were working on this bigger expansion for Valhalla, which, you know, Valhalla was taking them up to this infinity announcement. But as they were building out this future expansion, they, they, they realized that this could be a standalone game for more of the old school AC fan. That's into the mm. stealth, 
more linear stuff. So apparently, uh, according to the report, it's going to feature Basim, um, and it's going to be smaller in scope. It's going to be fo- uh, set in Baghdad uh, and and focus back on stealth again. So yeah, cool. we'll what happens? I'm up for it. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Well, to Tog's point, both versions of Assassin's Creed are pretty dope. So bring it on. I, I love them, and I you know I love the world tour mode. They're, I think they did a cool job with Valhalla. They gave it a little bit more narrative, a little story. So I you know. I, I love Assassin's Creed. That's that's yeah. just where I live. Guilty. My blood. goal. My goal is to complete Assassin's Creed Valhalla this year. Um, <laughs> I, so the way the way I play Assassin's Creed is I do it two hours a week for okay. for like eighteen for months. That that's how long it took me to beat Odyssey. It took me like eighteen months. I was playing like two to three hours a week, and that's it. Because to you know, a lot of people say it's tough to just do eighty hours of like climbing and fighting things with an axe, and I one hundred percent agree. So. The way I have found to not hate the game is just by playing it in small. I like micro dose. Assassin's I think that's Creed. right. No, I think yeah. that's right. I think that's one of the things I've liked about the new Assassin's Creed is you can go and you can have that one hour, two hour session and feel like you did something. Um, yeah. I think it works well for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vignesh, uh, Crossfire X is not game of the year. I, game of the year. It will appear on no game of the year lists ever. I, I can almost guarantee you that even small outlets will <laughs> forsake it. That was very lawyerly, by the way. He's unwilling to commit without that almost. Of yeah, course. almost, almost. <laughs> of course. We, we, we as SG may rate a game of the year just for the traffic. I was going to say, I'll just put it up on my site. Just to, yeah, just yeah. Travis. Absolutely. You know, in my opinion, that's the way you handle something like that. Am I right, Travis? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fun for a long time. Um, <laughs> but guys, we are, uh, We I don't know about you guys, but outside of the things uh, Travis just spoke to, I'm... I finished Sifu. I'm one trophy away from the platinum, but then I started Dying Light too. I'm checking that out now. Nice. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it right now. Um, it, in some ways, it, it feels bland compared to Dying Light one, um, but then in other ways, I'm kind of enjoying myself too. So I don't know. I, I'm weird on it, but um, I, I'm really mentally, I'm kind of in this lull, knowing that Horizon and Elden Ring are about to drop. Hmm. Yep. Um, and water. Yeah, I'm just exactly. I'm just playing whatever. I played like six hours of Halo last night because, well, that's pretty much what I do most nights. But yeah. Um, yeah, right now my mind is just fully focused on Horizon and Elden Ring. So we are five days away as we're talking right now of Horizon launching. And man, this game. Let, let's hear your predictions. You know, we don't really care about Metacritic here, but where do you guys think this is going to land? I, I think this is easily going to be a game. Ninety-one. Is this the vote uh, we're, we're talking about where we think reviewers will land? Yeah, just Metacritic right. or open critic. Yeah. Uh, 91. Yeah, let's go with 88. Dan? Yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to go right in between them. You know, 89 and a half. Yeah. This is the, the, the price is right. You're, you're going to try to take yeah. that. Uh, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going higher then. Okay. I'm going to say 93. That's, you know, how hard that is on an average? I know. I know. That, that is so hard on an average. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm at the point now where I'm just kind of going back and playing random single player games for no reason, <clears throat> waiting for Horizon to, to release. And <laughs> the, the the problem I, I'm looking at, I, I try to avoid as much of the preview stuff. And you know, I know it's coming. You know, there's it's all over the place. Um, yeah, the the commercials are everywhere. Um, but if, if all they do is just make a gigantic or even the same size you know kind of open world map that's that's as it was plenty big i think it was a good size and then 
add a few things. You know, you don't have to go out and, and you know, reinvent the wheel here. You know, you had a really, really good game. There were some things that needed to be improved. If that's all they did, then there should be no reason this thing doesn't go crazy and, you know, hit that maybe 93 or, you know, something higher. You know, it's just going to, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm really excited for it. And I, I don't, I don't, I didn't play Horizon on, on release. Did you guys play it? Cause I, I, yeah. I don't know how buggy it was. It really buggy or no, anything. I, I, I actually Horizon. reviewed Horizon and it wasn't buggy it. at oh, all. No, it's smooth. Exactly. Yeah, okay. zero it's also smooth. Yeah, it's also the um, mm. the game I've received. I received earliest in, ever. Uh, I got it a month before the game came out, and zero they were just like it's the same with this one. Like people have been yep. doing it for a couple. Yeah, months. yeah. Our reviewer has had the game for almost a month right now, and it's like that that sort of confidence plus. I've had I've had Metacritic explain to me my people who know a lot more about it than I do like uh, the fact that PlayStation had PlayStation and Nintendo Nintendo most of all but PlayStation as well have the most outlets that are dedicated to just reviewing those platforms and they tend to rank a lot higher uh, and Xbox yeah. has the fewest uh, which is why they tend to rank a little bit lower and so just on a curve there's going to be at least like 15 small outlets you've never heard of that give the game like a, a perfect score probably because so, they're uh, dedicated to those platforms to of course yeah, yeah 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 that is yeah, we're, we're speculating on their motivation of course but certainly no, no, i I, I think i don't think it's it's a it's a like sinister thing i think it's just that they love playstation games, yeah it's the so nature they're of the really game. attached yeah. to the franchise but if yeah. you do, you're, you're invested in your livelihood in some important respect in the successful ventures of another multinational corporation you tend <laughs> to take a lighter eye i mean it, it's it's totally fine and i think anybody that looks at you know whatever playstation rocks universe.com you're gonna you're gonna read that and say yeah okay i know how to i know how to read their review of horizon of course yeah okay yeah. so i mean i, I think as long as that's up on the tin, you can understand what to do with it. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I might, I guess I'm on this panel. I might be the one that is most circumspect about horizon. I, I didn't okay. love zero dawn. Um, yeah, the story so, wasn't good. Yeah, I know. didn't think it was good. And that's where I live. Right. If you, if I'm going to do this thing for a long period of time, I want to have some enjoyment and some advancement. And, and I, I just think they had massive pacing problems. And I, and, and I look back at guerrilla games and I haven't tended to like their stories. Um, or their narrative or their world, you know, kill zone horizon. I don't, I don't have much there. So I'm thrilled that it looks like they've spent a fortune making this. I like dinosaurs. I like robots. <laughs> I like underwater. Cool. Uh, but I, I do worry that um, I'm going to have to read pretty closely, regardless of whether you give it a nine or a 10 to figure out exactly what was working for you. Because if it's just super pretty uh, and it's robot dinosaurs again. I kind of disagree with if you just give me the same thing again and, and fix a few things, you're going to love it. I, I'm just finding that I, I'm trying to play Horizon Zero Dawn again going into Forbidden West. It's just bouncing completely off me. Some of that's I played it already, but some of that's I'm not loving it. So I want to be convinced. I'm fully on the side of I, I would love to love this thing. I am not waiting with bated breath. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's funny that the three of you didn't really care for the story too much because I actually enjoyed it. I agree it had pacing problems. It, it was, it was, well, first of all, the side quests were completely forgettable. So all the extra stuff you did in the game were, was forgettable. But the main story I thought was good. It just, it was really flat in the middle. Like it took until like the, the final 10% of the game where the story really came. I think up. the ending's strong. Uh, I, I yeah. like it. I mean, I like can you name any of the characters it. aside from Aloy? No, and I tend to uh, shout yeah, Aloy yeah. like off a mountain. Yeah, I know, but That's you can remember. Her name. 
if I asked you games that had like a really good story, like can you remember their names? You know, five years after you played yeah, them, you'd be like, yeah, of course, I can remember. Them. Yeah. yeah, like I, yeah, I, no, I, 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 I actually, my problem with the story was mostly that the main character had nothing to do with it. She feels like a witness right. to a story that happened like hundreds or thousands talk, of years ago. About that though, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I know, but it's still, it's like, it's, you, you kind of are like passively like watching it from behind glass. Like, you're like, oh, that was cool. That thing that happened thousands of years ago that had nothing to do with me. And yeah. I thought the actual story in like modern world was kind of like, you know, not that interesting. And the problems with the, sci the science fiction or to me of like, oh, yeah, you made robots that need to eat meat. Like, okay, that makes any amount of sense. You know, that, that whole, uh, <laughs> their explanation for that I thought wasn't, wasn't enough. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think if they can nail story and, and keep everything that they did and improve upon it and make it a little better, I think there's a chance for it to be awesome. So yeah, Dan, you're yeah, one of my things. Am I yeah. lagging with, with, with a little bit, maybe a little bit. Yeah. My, like Aloy, I, I think she's a good character. I think Ashley Birch is a wonderful, amazing artist, you know, and I, I just don't think that character was written particularly well. And, and it's really kind of one of the one of my least favorite parts of the game is is her as the character you know the the, the combat's great you know the everything it's fun but it, it, to your point Travis I mean you you're you're right you're kind of like looking in from like this as you're playing as this character you know when you, when you play these games for me at least you know I want to kind of become that <clears throat> that character and and have that motivation and I never really felt like I did and it always felt like you were stumbling onto the next thing and I you know it, it's I think they need to make her a little bit stronger character in this one coming up, give her, you know, a little bit more reason for doing what she's doing and, 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 and I don't know, kind of find her place a little bit. And, and to your guys' other point, you know, bring in some of these side characters and, and make them make you care about them a lot more than, than what you currently do. Because yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like specific, like I, you know, I remember I literally just got done playing it. <laughs> and like an entire playthrough with the DLC, and I, I really I, I can't remember that guy's name, the the, the warrior guy. Zavala. I just call him Zavala because he's Lance Reddick. He's the guy I, from I know. Destiny. Well, no, that's Silas. I know him. That's yeah. Oh, he he means the the like the guy that's the, the, part of the clan that, that you were friends friend. with yeah. in the in the first one. I forget his name too. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I think look, I I don't want to be a downer on this or wet blanket. I mean, I, but I I'm all in favor of holding up my expectations and my prejudices from the first game and going in with an open mind in the second game. There are a ton of sequels that have made the leap for me. We were just talking at length about Assassin's Creed. I didn't yeah. love the first Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Two was a revelation. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, coming off of Assassin's Creed 1. It was actually the fourth game. I know it was, but it's still... <laughs> I, I can do these in order. Don't challenge me, Travis. Uh, well... What, what the heck does Horizon Zero Dawn mean or Forbidden West? These are the hardest names to remember in order uh, in uh, in series history, maybe. But um, no, I, I think it could be a big leap. Everything we're talking about are the things that you would look at in a postmortem if you're sitting there uh, in, in the conference room coming off of Horizon, which was obviously a success. We saw, you know, sales numbers for Sony yep. uh, this week. And, you know, let's make it better. So I want it to be great. I just don't know that reviews are going to tell me anything because I think, yeah, whether it's 88 or 93, they're going to be right there. Um, and we know it looking at the commercials. So uh, we'll have to do some closer reading to see if I like it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was telling someone asked me this week if we were reviewing Horizon. I said, to your point, Travis, going back to your point around how 
PlayStation and Nintendo are much more specific who they allow to publish these reviews for than Xbox is. Um, anyone who's a smaller site in the U.S. knows how challenging it is to get to work with PlayStation and Xbox or PlayStation and Nintendo first party. It doesn't happen, like it, unless you're dedicated to that platform. And and yeah, so it's for us that covers everything. And um, trying to get trying to work with PlayStation and uh, Nintendo directly is is damn near impossible. Um, and I think Sarko just said in the chat, Aaron, is that the yeah. guy's name? Aaron? Yeah, it's something like that. That sounds yeah. about right. Yep. Thanks, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I think for Forbidden West should put on the box art uh, Hoag's quote that he said here, which was, I like underwater. Cool. I think, <laughs> I think that belongs. I'll admit, you know, there's a reason they showed that off so early. I, I've always enjoyed really well done underwater sequences, and that's why they said, hey, look at this. Yeah. Um, because that's very cool looking. And I think that could be a very cool addition to the game. So, yeah, yeah. underwater. Have too much water. We'll see. We'll see. It, it looked There's like a balance there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a lot of water. SG six out of ten. Too much water. Hey, I will defend that review to my dying breath because anybody who's played a Pokemon game knows exactly what too much water means. Like every like it, the the water sections are the worst. I don't want to fight Tentacool every four four seconds. You know what I mean? So, it's like Elden Ring, four out of ten. Too much swamp. You know there's going to be a swamp. Yeah, right. Oh, it's going to be a pain in the ass. But if it was all swamp, you'd be like, this is too much swamp. Yeah, I get you. There's a line, a swamp line. Yeah, sure. that, that that Pokemon game had too much water. I will defend that review till my dying breath. It was it's it's it it, it perfectly conveys to me why I wouldn't want to play the game. Like it has too much water. Yeah, gotcha. it's already a running joke with Elden Ring already. Like with people when they're going to play it is oh god, when are we going to find the swamp and how big, much of a pain in the ass is it going to be? How many ladders is it going to involve? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> how many how many toxin things am I going to have to eat just to survive? Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so we got Horizon on the uh, horizon, no pun intended. Uh, the only other thing we were going to mention is Lost Ark took the world by storm this week. Sadly, you're looking at a panel who has not played it. Um, so we were talking about it prior to kind of going live here. I do want to play it. My problem is, is as we just said, installing a ARPG MMO five days before Horizon and two weeks before Elden Ring and three weeks before Gran Turismo 7 is a, is a no-go for me. I mean, I may check it out for a few hours, but it's not going to get much play. But I'm hearing, I, I asked on Twitter yesterday, I said, talk to me, you know, like, how are you, how's everyone enjoying it? And I got the weirdest mix of responses. Some people say it's fantastic. One guy said he's already doing like a second character all the way to level 50. Other people say it feels more archaic than Diablo 2 Remastered, which sounds crazy to me uh, in terms of combat and very grindy. So I don't know where it lands, um, but regardless of, of that, it uh, broke all kinds of records this week. 1.3 million, I believe, concurrent on Steam, which is the second highest all time uh, in its first week of launch. Uh, only behind, by the way, in case you were wondering, PUBG, which apparently at one point in time had nearly three and a half million concurrent, which yep. will never be touched apparently because that's yeah. just mind boggling. It's, uh, it's, it's that Eastern appeal. For PUBG, because that's yeah. like, I mean, they got all the people, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PUBG, we got the box quotes today. PUBG, successful. They got all the people. They got all the people. Um, so I don't know, guys. Uh, you can let me know in the chat or in the comments how you're enjoying Lost Ark. Like I said, here are mixings about it. Definitely check it out soon. But um, pretty interesting that we have another kind of Amazon games 
published, what have you launched that has really blown up. Um, well, there's two ways to take that, right? So I tend to agree. Amazon marketing muscle owns Twitch can clearly motivate and move Twitch streamers into a way that can snowball. Yep. It's also worth noting though, that they, in my opinion, they're also the last two big MMO, even adjacent launches that I can think of. So new world and lost Ark might be evidencing Amazon's marketing muscle. I think it is in part might be evidencing a fact that people are either done with final fantasy 14 or, or uh, done with world of Warcraft and, and looking for something to invest their time and their effort in and grabbing onto everything, right? New world has an interesting one because they had this enormous launch and then they, they've dwindled pretty significantly. It'll be yeah. interesting to watch what happens with lost Ark. Um, I'm surprised, to be honest, because you you talk about it being archaic and potentially having UI issues or whatever. That's what it looked like to me from the, the streams that I saw. And it's interesting because that I usually think is a blocker. You know, it's an Eastern design sensibility. There's stuff that you're not going to recognize. It's doing some weird stuff um, that maybe doesn't match up with what uh, you or I might know in a game. And yet people are still plowing through that, right? The, the biggest news item to me was not that they set this record. It was that they set this record before they actually released the game, right? It's a it's a free to play game, uh, but like so many free to play games, they have I don't know what they called it a founders pack, all the jewels you can take, wh whatever they called it, that give you that extra couple of days. And that was when the records first got started to break down. Is with people actually buying into this thing, not just free to play, because I expect records from free to play. That's that's the nature of the video game industry today. Um, but I, I think it's a very very interesting story. I personally am not interested in. I'm putting it on my computer and, or playing it. So I'm a bad person to talk about the substance there. But I definitely think it's it's very interesting to watch Amazon operate, to see how they market, to see how they move and, and what they actually wind up releasing. Yeah. Amazon and Google, man. Those are the waiting in the wings. People to watch. Yeah. They're yeah. they're especially Amazon, man. They're they're scary with uh so, their in the game industry. Well they have they have like tenacity, right? I mean Amazon is has fallen on their face a lot trying to put out games, trying to crack this nut. Uh, Google tends to fall on their face and say, ah, we're out. It's too hard. Uh, and you're seeing some of that with Stadia. Uh, so I think Amazon is the one to watch there. Amazon's got a lot of money and the will to use it, which as we know now from Microsoft in the last three years, that's the, the will part is what matters even more than having the money. Yeah. Um, and so they, they are definitely somebody that you're going to have to watch. And certainly them owning one of the biggest marketing pipelines for video games today uh, is part of that story. They also have AWS, and as somebody who lives in the Bay Area with the tech industry, like Google, everybody here knows Google's mantra is is fail fast, right? And so mm -hmm. they fail fast, and they shut things down, and then they start a new project, and you kind of see that happening with Stadia already, which we didn't get to talk about last week, but there was news on, on what Stadia is doing. And yeah. I think Amazon's mantra is the opposite. There's this like fail forever until you succeed and like <laughs> be willing to take the loss for just like a decade. And, you know, Amazon wasn't profitable until like a couple of years ago. Like they were not a profitable company for like yeah. 20 years because they were just building, you know. Yeah. Um, so they're very different philosophies as tech companies. Indeed. So before we uh, move into our main topic, we want to kind of have a laugh about this uh kind of terms of agreement or, you know, uh, th this writing that Amazon put into the agreement to play Lost Ark. And I know, Rick, you covered this. So wait, yeah, let's let's back up a step. So this is the right. Amazon Games Terms of Service. This is not the Lost Ark Terms, of, terms service. of Service. You entered into this with New World. You entered into this with anything else that you would have played. That one game that came out of beta, went back into beta and died. I can't remember the name of. That would have been this as well. Okay. So That's this awesome. 
directly amazon game so uh, i'm gonna put it up on the screen right now i'll read it for our audio listeners it is a mouthful but uh i think it'll be a good laugh so it says um you i can do this in lawyer speak if you want Ains. go for it go for it to enter this agreement and use the games you must be a live human e.g. not a corporation organization artificial intelligence good or evil extraterrestrial sentient non-human primate etc however this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence of a widespread extraterrestrial robot simian or similar takeover of planet Earth, in which case we welcome our alien robot ape or other overlords as applicable, such parties their eminences, to play our games, and their eminences will be subject to the terms of this agreement, mutatis mutandis, commencing on the date of the takeover and continuing for all periods thereafter, until such date as human governance is restored. Provided further that in the event the takeover necessitates the forced migration of the human species to Mars or other celestial body, where the games are not operable at this time, we will use commercially reasonable efforts to A, expand the locations where the games are available and waive applicable restrictions under Section 5.2. Side note, Section 5.2 is actually about the fact that they can enforce geographic restrictions. That's an actual legal term in this document. Side note ended. Below, and B, enable local game servers as promptly as reasonably practicable subject in each case to the availability of necessary interplanetary logistics, utilities, sustainable life support, asteroid deflection systems, local stores or distribution services, and rule of law, as may be provided by our affiliates, our third-party providers, celestial beings, or government or non-governmental organizations. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. <laughs> the, part, the, part that, the part that got me was uh, mutatis mutandis, because yes. any of you guys took Latin, uh, it it basically means that like uh, there will have to be changes, but the main point will remain the same. So it's like if they're if they're aliens versus robots versus sentient chimps, we'll we'll have to adjust certain details, but but this is still going to stand. Uh, that's when I started cracking up with the the. Uh... <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no, that's that's the legal term of art. Lawyers having some fun. I did do a video on this over in virtual reality. You could check out for a awesome. longer framework you will see me be a wet blanket at the end and talk about how it's probably unwise to just go off on random humorous tangents in a legal document that actually does control your rights obligations and liabilities but that's the lawyer in me um so mm -hmm. they definitely got some play for this and i'm also told that the aws terms of service actually have a similar uh but different kind of humorous term in them some commenter left that as well so this seems to be amazon's mo uh but uh yeah you know it's See, the first part of that is actually real. You have to be a person to enter into the agreement. So then you put an actual legal obligation and then you put all that stuff. Again, I'm a wet blanket. I'm a corporate lawyer. I, I feel like I have a good sense of humor and I keep it far away from my legal documents. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the reading, though. You did it much better than I would have. So ah, that's <laughs> reading run on sentences. That might be the one thing I that's if, if I have experience in anything. Uh, that's what I have from the last 17 years of being a lawyer. Oh, you should read Ayn Rand. She's, yeah. she's well, a big fan I, of I've read Ayn Rand, not the greatest author <laughs> in the world. It's like a page and a half. It's all one sentence. It's, it's crazy. Sentence. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our uh, our main topic today, which is going to be surrounding uh, Call of Duty, uh, because there was a lot of talk this week, not only from um, kind of Activision and development teams over there within the Call of Duty umbrella around what's coming, but there was also the kind of blanket statement put out by Microsoft talking about the future of major franchises, which specifically called out Call of Duty. So 
let's start with the Microsoft statement. Um, it's funny um, because a couple weeks ago when we had you on as a guest initially, Rick, we talked through this in the Activision deal, right? And we talked about the uh, the when the FTC was going to look at this, which they are now doing, um, mm -hmm. what Microsoft would have to say, not just about the deal itself and kind of the terms of this whole merger that we discussed extensively already, but around certain franchises. And I remember you commenting specifically around Microsoft and Xbox likely wanting to ease the fact that a franchise as large as Call of Duty uh, and the impact it can have to competitors would likely be kind of commented on um, in the future. Something to that degree. I didn't go back and, and re-listen to our conversation, but we Sounds did. Sounds like me. <laughs> so I, I did find it funny this week that in this kind of broader statement they made around what the future holds, you know, for um, Activision and Blizzard coming under the Xbox umbrella, they made this statement. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll read this quickly. Um, so they basically said, First, some commenters have asked whether we'll continue to make popular content like Activision's Call of Duty available on competing platforms like Sony's PlayStation. Uh, to be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business. And so, um, again, larger conversation, kind of industry-wide on this, but... Um, I guess that's as clear as they can be right now for the reasons they obviously need to be clear about this around what their plans are for the major franchises like Call of Duty. And you have to think, based on this wording, that it extends to franchises like Overwatch, <laughs> Diablo, those kind of multi-10, 20, 30, 40 million uh, copy sellers that are cross-platform. So. Well, I can note a couple of things here. Sure. Uh, one... I think it is very noteworthy that that statement is not the only statement they make, right? That that is the three quarters of the way through a four or 5,000 word yes. statement on something that I feel is completely ancillary to the Activision deal uh, and that we can yep. talk about or not. Again, I'm not here just to pitch my show, but I talked about this for <laughs> an hour over on my channel. So if you're more interested in the details there, Microsoft goes and says, we're worried about Activision and we're being looked at right now and open app markets, people, mm -hmm. for a very long document. And we can, we can chat about that. Um, but I think that you're right. I think in the Call of Duty section, and we saw Phil Spencer tweet this. We saw him say, hey, we'll talk to Sony. We, we're going to honor our contracts, which, again, I said when I was first here, isn't something that has to happen in an acquisition. It's a good note. I think it's a good way to do business. But some people will say, well, what's my liquidated damages provision? What do I think I can make from this? Let's let's breach what makes sense. Microsoft, in both of its major acquisitions, has said, no, no, we're going to honor our contracts regardless. We're going to put Deathloop on PlayStation, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and he said, hey, we're going to look at having Call of Duty on here past this because it's important. And Call of Duty is a multiplayer zeitgeist type game. It sells battle passes and microtransactions. There's a whole host of reasons why it can make sense. People are all trying to read these statements now like, well, frankly, I usually do in terms of parsing them very closely and seeing the hidden traps that you could hide in these things. And even in the statement that you read, you see 
Ooh, make available. That could just be Warzone. That could just be Vanguard. Make available. You're just keeping them on the platform. That could still be true. And what I will tell you here, and what I say to other people that ask me this is, yes, you can play games. The, the nature of contracts and law and being a lawyer and all this stuff is, for the most part, a person that wants to obfuscate and play games can find a way to make even the best written sentence work for them. But the environment that they're doing this in right now, as stated in their own statement, is that they're looking at this from a regulatory perspective. They're dealing with the FTC. They're dealing with, I think they said, 17 other jurisdictions uh, that will have some kind of antitrust review authority over this particular transaction. And what you don't do is you don't play games with that, at least not in moment one, right? So they've said this thing. They've committed now in two separate ways from the CEO of gaming and the CEO of the whole shebang going out there. This, this statement, I believe, is from the vice president or, or, or no, it's the president of Microsoft, which is distinct from CEO in their structure. And so you now have three high-level officials in control of this, speaking specifically on this point to tell the FTC there's nothing to worry about here, that you don't play games with that. You don't turn around on day one and say, ah, ha, ha, we got you. See, we said make available. Oh, you got burned. And then the FTC goes, oh, damn, they got us again. That's not how this works. The FTC can turn around and say, oh, okay, well, then I guess we'll sue you now. Um, as we talked about, they're suing Facebook for WhatsApp and Instagram in a lawsuit I think is very unwise, even if I disagree with the mergers, because it's so far after the fact. The FTC doesn't want to be in that business, but you can't just trick them on these various things. So I think they're pretty pot committed now yeah. to keeping Call of Duty at least until the end of the place, the current generation, I would argue. Um, yeah. And so I think you can depend on that. I think you might be reading in a little bit too much into other major franchises. There's a reason you don't name those. Sure. It's because eh, we'll, we'll figure out what that is. We're trying yeah, to get Overwatch credit. 2. We're trying to get credit for it. We're trying to get credit for it with you, Mr. FTC. Um, but we don't actually want to be committed to that at all. Sure. So we're putting that in the sentence, which is the rest of the statement, right? I mean, the, the video I did on this was, I believe, called uh, Microsoft's Transparent Self-Serving Statement. Um, so, I mean, that's what this is, is trying to say, yeah. oh, we want to break open the Apple ecosystem and somehow that should make you more inclined to approve our Activision deal. Okay. And not break up the console. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well, the second the half, time. right? So it's so transparently obvious when you say, well, we are in favor of breaking open app stores that we don't have great market share in and that we can put Game Pass on. But when we start talking about the ones we are pretty good at, you know, <laughs> I find those to be different. And yeah. that's the nature of the statement. And so I don't think it's terribly useful to the FTC. I, I think I've said on this uh, space, maybe it was on other channels, that I feel like this deal has an 80% chance of going through. It's an 80-20 kind of proposition. People came into the comments to my video apparently being told that that statement made a lot of difference and what is... What do you look at this at now? It's not 80-20 anymore, is it? And I, every single comment, usually with a smiley face emoji, because this is the kind of guy I am, I say, 80-20. Eh, well, what, what is it now? 80-20. <laughs> Didn't it move the needle? It's 80-20. It's I, I, the FTC is good, great Microsoft. We definitely can't see that that's uh, trying to advantage yourself. Good job. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, I think some of them might take the bait just because they're so blinded by their hate of, of Amazon and Facebook, to be honest. And, yeah, and, and that's the Microsoft plan, right? And yeah, I, I think that they're, I think it was a smart move to get it passed. And I think they probably are sacrificing any potential exclusivity for Call of Duty to mitigate the, the odds that this gets blocked or that they have significant uh, um, concessions that they need to make. Um, but we'll we'll see uh, how it actually works out. I think uh, I, 
I think they probably know what they're doing when it comes to this stuff, but we'll we'll see. They cl- oh, they clearly thought they needed to make this statement. They don't know what they're right? doing. I'm trying to say that it was 80-20 before. It's 80-20 after. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm just saying. I it, uh, to me, this is actually lowers the likelihood that it's getting passed because for Microsoft to make this move, it means that they clearly have somebody on their team who thinks that there's a chance it won't go through. Otherwise, they wouldn't have felt compelled to put out the statement. That is, and I believe the other half of my title is Activision deal at risk because I'm getting better at playing YouTube, folks. I'm getting better at it. It's taken me three years, but I'm getting better at it. And yeah, that's exactly right, Travis. One of the things that happens here is the first thing that jumps into my mind is like, oh shit, they're making a statement on the FTC. That's unusual. I I know people haven't been down this road a little bit, but generally speaking, this is all behind the scenes. You don't sit in an interview in Washington, D.C. and say, we're here to talk to the FTC and then release a presidential statement about how you're good guys. It's like, oh, oh, somebody inside Microsoft thinks this is all necessary. And so remember, a lot of people came to me and said, well, Microsoft has a ton of lawyers. They wouldn't have done this if they thought there was any problem. It's right that they have a ton of lawyers. It's right that they would have done the analysis that I did that said, this is a weird regulatory environment to try to pull this off in. And now you are seeing what is the Project Liberty to coin Epic's phrase against Apple for Microsoft. This is their plan. They're going to have a PR rollout on this. Expect more of these kinds of statements. And that should tell you that they don't think it's a guarantee that this goes through smoothly. And bare minimum, when they promise to put Call of Duty on the platform, that's not a legally cognizable promise, right? There's nothing Mm -hmm. you could do to turn around on them if they decided to be bad actors after the fact. Full lawsuit is pretty problematic. One thing that might happen is that the FTC says, great, okay, well, then we're going to ask for a settlement decree. Uh, We are worried about this. We're worried about your content exclusivity. You're going to have to commit to that. And generally speaking, commit to it for a period of time. Give us a covenant uh, that you'll do something or other. I don't know whether they'll do that. But when folks come onto my channel or my social media and bring up, well, the FTC just let Fox and Disney roll through, there's a couple of things there. One, they uh, were a different administration run by a different chair in a different FTC. And two, you're forgetting that Disney got blocked. They had a settlement decree that they had to divest certain Fox assets to get the deal through. So I'm not saying, when I say 80-20, I'm not saying that it will necessarily die. We're not talking about it being entirely blocked. I'm saying that some substantial portion of it might otherwise be controlled. That's why you see Microsoft quote out there. That's why you see Satella Nadella say, hey, um, we're committed to this, but we don't think we don't think anything formal needs to happen. I we, we're trustworthy. We, writing, we don't need a consent decree. That's right. not what we need. And that's what you see. That's part of what you see from Microsoft. And Travis is exactly right. The other half of that is, and by the way, we're not Amazon. Have you seen those guys? Look at them preferencing their own good. <laughs> Google, yeah. good God, how much a search engine do they control? Am I right? You guys use Bing? I mean, that's what they're doing. That's what they'll do for the next year. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And I also think uh, from Xbox's perspective, there's not really a whole lot they're sacrificing by making the statement, even with the Call of Duty thing, because they have outs, right? They can say, hey, we want to continue to make uh, Call of Duty available on PlayStation, but we're only going to do it through Game Pass. So PlayStation needs to add Game Pass. And, you know, if PlayStation's unwilling to add Game Pass, then, okay, well, we tried our best, but I guess we can't put Call of Duty on your platform. It's so possible, they, but that's the specific yeah. thing the FTC would be the most concerned for with. For sure. Yeah, so yeah, they for sure. That, that's not going to go well. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that this just means Call of Duty's not going to be, ex- or it's not going to be a platform exclusive and that they've yeah, sort of just... don't mess with Call of Duty. It's easy yeah, enough. They, don't mess You're with it. There's plenty on the dollar. Yeah, there's plenty yeah, of other franchises. Diablo 4, Overwatch 2 probably are better candidates for exclusivity, but they, they don't really need to 
to make Call of Duty uh, exclusive to to upset the market. And you know they're going to be making money hand over fist with Warzone alone. So well, the whole point that other people have compared it to is like Minecraft, right? Call of Duty is a is a platform uh, that lives kind of vicariously among every platform, right? Every every entrance where a user can play a game, and the money that that generates is astronomical, right? So. It's a perfect example of why you would want to keep that a universal platform rather than it's not the same. It's just a single game IP that would be sold individually. You know, well, uh, I mean, we're not talking Candy Crush money, but yeah, it makes a substantial. Money. Sure, sure. By the way, uh, uh, OBM One Bad Mother says, Hogue, you didn't have Phil Spencer with a tear in his eye. So clearly you still have YouTube tricks to learn. Yeah. No explosions, no reaction shots of your face. No. The things um, that won't happen on my YouTube thumbnails are like giant weird faces. And, and, and I, you know, that's, that's just, I can't do that. No. I cannot do that. No, I, you know, I put up a picture like Lena Khan. It's good. It's, no, these, we, want these are the Spencer's, we want Phil Spencer's face photoshopped over the this is fine dog fire. <laughs> okay? We need that. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let's hit a bad thumbnail. Real quick. Dan, you want to hit these up, brother? Yeah, move with the uh, yeah. The whole image moving is still going to happen, so just deal with it. You know, you guys. Yeah, get we'll it. deal with it. Uh, yeah, you say yeah. at the top. You don't yeah. have to deal with it. Everybody, duck down. We're getting <laughs> it. Uh, all right. Exp is better than the trophy room. Thanks, Luke. Xep, Dan. Xep, actually, the Xbox expansion pass. My my bad. I, I wasted his whole entire budget. Yeah. The Xep. <laughs> budget he actually just tweeted out something about wasting his entire budget yeah, his marketing on, budget on, yeah it's marketing budget well you know what luke thank you we appreciate yeah, you brother um yeah hassan with a ten dollar super chat man i haven't seen Hassan for a while good to see yeah. you, man it's been a hot minute since i caught you guys live love seeing ho here awesome thank man. you thank you hassan always You're good to hear from brother all right, gosh, we got a bunch. SSJ4 Omega 499 Super Chat. Thank you, sir or madam. I'm assuming I prefer I prefer Xbox, but they need to keep COD multiplat. It only hurts its a player base. It doesn't do anything to help the COD franchise to make it exclusive. Right on, yeah. man. I think there's plenty of people looking at it that way. That Call of Duty yeah. is. You know, the people who really don't care about the legal aspects, they don't care about the money, they don't care about that. They're they're thought process I've seen from some of just the straight players is look call of duty what, what no matter what you think about it right there's plenty of people we know that play call of duty every year they play warzone religiously and all they want is to continue to have all the funding Activision needs or Xbox needs whoever to continue making call of duty what it is uh, and they love it for what it is so sure yeah. yeah and it'll be a little bit better without the uh PlayStation now and previously Xbox exclusives that I think have plagued Call of Duty for, you know, at this point, decades. <laughs> that going away is going to be great. So, or maybe not going away. I don't know. Yeah, I was we'll say, see what they do. Uh... Xbox isn't really. I don't know. I guess. I guess that's a good question. It's kind of assumption on my part, but uh, we don't quite uh, know that. You know, they they doubled in size in the last twelve months, give or take. So we don't know yeah. what they're planning with their brand new That's exclusives. True. That's true. But we can be we can be rest really? assured that at least the PlayStation exclusives are gonna die. So yes, something's gonna change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this just for the hell of it. This is just pure speculation for fun. Nothing to do with everything we just touched on. But do you see a future where Call of Duty they they move away from annual release? Uh, yeah. God, I mean, I've been seeing so. this forever, man. I mean we I, I think Madden and, and MLB and all those other games, you know, I mean, it, it, you look at something like Warzone, I mean, you can do it. Um, 
I mean, it's, they're already kind of doing it with that. So I, I, I would just rather have, you know, you buy one game, continuous updates. If you're going to, you know, if you need to charge a little bit extra for whatever it is that they're going to, you know, throw at you, you know, a year or two down the road, I, I would love to see that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, uh, like an income wise between, you know, I'm going to sell millions and millions of copies versus how much they make through microtransactions. I'm assuming microtransactions is way, way higher, you know, than what they're actually getting, you know, for like a, a actual game. So or for Warzone yeah. for sure, but I, I don't yeah, know well, about the other ones. Right. Yeah. Like, like what, like say Vanguard, you know, is, 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 you know, you, you pay your 60 bucks and then, you know, you, you're going to make that set whatever the, and, and then, but, but all, everything comes through microtransactions. I mean, that's where these, you know, yeah, I, I think they're going Call, over for Call of Duty, it might more be like DLC actually, because they do map packs and stuff like that. Right. I don't know if you'd call those microtransactions. They're, to me, microtransactions are like cosmetic items and stuff. And I, I don't know if there's a, a ton of that in that community, but yeah, definitely I think their, DLC. Their actual financial reporting, if I have this right, though, anything that's basically post launch would include map packs, right? Counts as a digital transaction. Mm post-launch like when you look at the line item when you look at like uh xbox's digital content and services right it's it's basically anything like that battle pass stuff and sea of thieves all of that filters under that umbrella of Got it. contents and services. so there's no distinction to them but i would i would make a distinction because i feel well, like it, you know dlc and expansions and added maps to me feels like content versus a microtransaction model where like it. the you know, skin, yeah, skin yeah. yeah, but they all they also mix all that stuff up, right? I mean, the battle pass is Warzone and the current game, and they, they're doing all sorts of things to combine their various pipelines and feed you into the other ones. So it's it's hard to tear apart like that because part of it is like Vanguard releasing or or Black Ops releasing or whatever is an advertisement for Warzone, yeah. Because you move there, hey, check out this thing that maybe you weren't playing at the same time, so. It goes into a bunch of different thought processes and budgets. I would say that if they have people anywhere at Xbox Studios that are willing to do a Call of Duty game uh, and that would put them on a yearly cadence, I think that they would continue it. Um, I kind of disagree with the the pause notion uh, of, of what people are suggesting might happen, but it really depends on, on what folks are willing to make. There, there might also be a notion that you say, okay, you guys have been locked in Call of Duty jail for a long time. Yeah. Um, what would make you guys happy? Because there's definitely morale issues at Activision. I, I can, oh, without yeah. going into confidential data, my brother worked at Activision for a long time, yeah. got shifted from Destiny to Call of Duty, um, and left because of it, because it was whatever, it was year four of Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. people can get into that rut, just like you or I and our jobs can get into that rut. So yeah. I think Microsoft has to play it careful. It's one of the really interesting questions of what they're going to wind up doing. Yeah. with this enormous section of development talent and artistic talent and yes. all these studios that they yeah. didn't control two years ago. Yeah. So uh, th there's a lot of ways that this can go right. There's a lot of ways this can go wrong. And from a corporate mergers and culture combination and everything else kind of uh, analysis, I love it because it's yeah. fascinating. But yeah. we're, we're well away from a guarantee that everything coming out of Microsoft is going to be awesome. One yeah. of the things let, me, I let me jump in. I because uh, I want to I want to say about uh, about the the Call of Duty. Your question, Ains, which was uh, do do the, do we think they will move away from annual releases? Um, I think 
the first thing that Microsoft's going to have to solve if this acquisition goes through is the culture issues, right? And they, they, we know now from reporting that uh, there are lots of unhappy studios that have been working on Call of Duty and don't want to do it anymore. Um, so I, I think that that will probably be addressed just because Microsoft has to address like the culture and the unhappiness of that company, probably first and foremost, right? They have to make sure that their employees are happy or else the thing that they just bought is going to dissolve. You're not just acquiring the IPs, you're acquiring the people and the, the brain trust and all that stuff. So I, th I think that they're going to have to address that some somehow. Um, the, the other thing is that Microsoft actually has a precedent for uh, making studios that just develop one game, right? They did it with Gears of War, they did it with Halo. And so I could see them creating like a Call of Duty kind of super studio that just works on... Name. Yeah, what's we'll that? We'll have to come up with a kitschy name for it, right? Right, right. They'll we'll have to come up with the with the kitschy name that like the the um three four three or uh, the coalition Soap studios. Yeah, something like that. They'll. That would they'll actually uh, be funny. I'd like that. Yeah, they'll come up. They'll come up with some sort of name for it. But I could see them doing that because, at least with all of their smaller deals, and obviously Activision is a totally different thing. There's so much money going uh, coming out of Call of Duty. They may just want to keep it get running like it has been. But um, with other studios, they've they've said, make the games that you want to make and we're going to kind of stay out of your way. All right. And if they continue to do that with these studios, I think there will be a number of studios that say, I don't want to work on Call of Duty. But I also think that there's probably enough people who love Call of Duty and just want to work on it. Clearly, there, uh, there's some in there that they could form a super studio that is working on two or three Call of Duty games at the same time, including Warzone and then single player games. So I can see a world where they become less annualized uh, or, or kind of closer to what Assassin's Creed did, right? It's not every year, but it's most years and that sort of thing. I can see that for sure. And then also just keeping the ongoing Warzone. I would argue that maybe they don't need annualized games anymore with Warzone success and if they can maintain that and keep releasing those. So um, I definitely see a world where that could happen. But again, it's Call of Duty. It's the biggest gaming IP in the world. It's breaking in tons of money. So there's a, also a a pretty strong chance that maybe they, they don't want to mess with the success that they've got rolling. So um, I'm of two minds with it, but I, I can definitely see a world where, where it happens. Me too. I'm almost in complete agreement. And I, I the only thing I was going to add to what you and, uh, and Rick said is about the, the culture and kind of the merger where uh, Rick, you made a good point of, um, you know, yeah, this could go very positively, but it's not guaranteed to go positively. And one of the things I always tell people having been through four mergers in my own corporate career is that it, it, if you haven't been through that or at least kind of understand that to a degree, think of it like a sports team. It's like, oh, our sports team just signed these four players and these four players are great. So now the sports team is going to win the championship this year. And it's like, it doesn't work that way, right? Like it, it, there, there's a whole kind of, but on a much, much larger scale, there's a whole balance of leadership and culture and team alignment and uh, collaboration. And, and there's an awful lot that goes into the success of a, a development team, especially in something as complicated as video game development, um, than just adding, just throwing money and people at it. Uh, if throwing money and people at it, Stadia would be booming right now. It's not, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the prior games that Amazon developed would be amazing. They weren't. Um, you know, there's plenty of examples of just these kind of talent being thrown at something and it not working well. So I, I do think based on recent history that Xbox has shown a a very positive inclination for how they've managed studios so far. But in the past two years now between Bethesda and Activision, the, the scale at which we're talking now is so far beyond what they've had to manage previously. Yeah. 
you know, it, it, it could go either way. I, I do think it's going to be positive. I'm not trying to be a naysayer here, but there's That's my job. There's going to be yeah. at least at a, at a minimum, there's going to be speed bumps. So well, I, th- I think when they bought Bethesda, which was their other big acquisition, they probably bought an organization that they saw was working and they just wanted to support them and put them in their pocket. And they so were I think, close to, right? Like they're yeah, very- yeah. So that one you buy and you keep it the same. But I think Activision, there's no chance that they buy it and keep it the same. At the very least, they're going to strip the the top level of that company, right? <laughs> like the leadership and all of the problems going on there. They kind of have to, right? To to show that they're that they're good. Uh, custodians of, of this property with and the reports that we've seen of Bobby Kotick and all that. I, I don't think there's any chance that they just go, you guys are working, just keep doing you, you know, keep we're, doing we're it. it's yeah, fun. I keep doing you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that California lawsuit when it comes, you know, excited. <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to happen. So. No, no. Let me, uh, we got one more super chat here from uh, Mr. Dutch. Dan. Yeah, man. The five pound super chat. Uh, Hogue spitting the facts as usual. COD will remain, uh, remain, uh, <laughs> yeah, air, air quotes. I forgot the audio listeners. My bad. Uh, <laughs> can mean anything, but it's just one title. Uh, if it was a whole bunch of IPs, it'd be more of an issue. So thanks, Dutch. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Um, all right. So I think that's enough on that. Why don't we step over to some uh, what I would call. Oh, you know what? Sorry. I almost jumped right over the actual Call of Duty news. I apologize. <laughs> Jeez. I'm looking at my nine notes here, which is that beyond all of this, all the, the legal speak and, uh, you know, what Xbox is potentially doing, uh, leadership within um, Activision and some of the development teams, specifically at Infinity Ward, came out this week and they published kind of an open statement. Uh, people like Tom Henderson, some people at VGC, some people in the industry have been kind of alluding to this for several weeks now if not a couple months you know basically of what was coming for call of duty um and what is coming is uh kind of interesting because vanguard as we know based on the data was uh, sold a little flatter than prior call of duty iterations right some people allude that or, or some people believe that's due to just vanguard being world war ii some people believe it because Warzone is kind of where a lot of people are playing call of duty now despite any of that what they're doing now is another brand new engine uh, dedicated to kind of making use of the new gen consoles, obviously more modern PCs. And they are simultaneously developing Modern Warfare 2, which will be a direct sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare reboot, uh, alongside Warzone 2. And the two will be linked together on this new engine, which kind of goes back to what you were saying, Rick, around, you know, uh, about how when they develop a Call of Duty, there's parallels and connections to the existing Warzone, right? So... This is supposedly all coming later this year, so we can expect Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2 later this year, fully optimized for the new-gen consoles. I believe, based on prior leaks, that it still will be on last-gen consoles, but this is the final year of that. So 2023's Call of Duty should be PS5 series consoles only. But according to the leaks, now they didn't confirm this yet, according to the leaks, this year's will still be on prior-gen. Prior but Warzone 2... Um, This kind of interests me because Modern Warfare, if you weren't aware, was the best-selling kind of recent Call of Duty, over 30 million copies sold. It seems to have been the most celebrated Call of Duty, the one that kind of received the highest, uh, you know, kind of reviews, uh, critical uh, acclaim. And uh, Warzone, right now where it stands, is apparently not in very good shape. I don't play a lot of Warzone anymore. I did at one point. But Activision themselves, uh, I forget the actual gentleman's name who offered these statements, but they were rather blunt. They basically came out and said, 
we've effed up. Warzone's in a terrible state. Um, uh, he actually said broken state. We've made mistakes. We are in the process of fixing those. So I think that even internally, outside of the whole Xbox conversation, the internal teams uh, within Call of Duty development are looking at Warzone 2, Modern Warfare 2 as the next step for Call of Duty, where they leave the mess of current Warzone and they leave the mess of Vanguard behind. So uh, if you're, again, I wanted to bring this up because, again, we're talking about the, one of the biggest IPs in gaming. This means a lot to a lot of people. And uh, if, you know, I always want to, I don't play a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, I think everyone knows I'm more of a Halo guy, but it, it's, when Call of Duty is good, it's it's good. It's a fun game to play, right? And I, I want to see Call of Duty get back to that because I have not been impressed with it the last couple of years. That was a lot, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, we talked about Assassin's Creed at the top of this, right? And yeah. one of the interesting things about Call of Duty is rather than have this big split on a generational basis between the variations of their game, Modern Warfare and uh, Black Ops are very different feeling games. So when you looked at Warzone when it was first made, it was built off of Modern Warfare, the new Modern Warfare. Thank you, everybody, for naming your things the same thing uh, over decades. But it's the uh, new popular now. Oh, God. God uh, of but, War. Yeah, well, God of War. At least they didn't use two again uh, for their second one. But so Modern Warfare, as I understand it, you, you've got a heavier feel. Um, you, you're playing it uh, from a kind of different perspective than the normal Call of Duty games. And then Black Ops comes back in and does what Call of Duty was good at, was doing what it was doing before Modern Warfare came around. So you had this kind of stop-start jerkiness of evolution and not. Yes. And then, as we talked about, Activision was interested in cross-selling all of its various aspects of the Call of Duty empire. And so they put the Black Ops game, Cold War, into Warzone. Um, and I, as far as I know, that's when things started to kind of feel weird in that space. So at least from what I saw the statements this week, the indication seems to be we understand that we can't just add dollops of different ingredients to this thing that we've got, these things we've built because we lose identity, we lose what you love about it. And so the interesting thing to me is Modern Warfare 2 would seem to be making the promise that we understand you liked putting your guns on the ledges. You like the heaviness of modern warfare. We're going to go back into that. We're going to double down and all in. And so one thing that I'm interested in is I, I'm not sure that we're ever going to see the old style Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops, Cold War before that type of feel again, that they might just be going into, I'm going to use the word realist with air quotes, uh, <laughs> version of, of combat because that's what people reacted to. I don't know whether they're right on that or not. I think what people reacted to for the most part is for whatever reason, the audience likes modern kind of combat scenarios now. And, and I think it's clearly rejected the, the World War II conceit now for a while. Uh, that's why I thought Vanguard was an interesting decision to green yes. light inside uh, of Activision. So it doesn't really surprise me. I think it could have been the greatest game ever. Uh, I think you still would have gotten some pushback on actually purchasing it. And, and looking at this, I think it's great. I think it's a needed step, as best I can tell. I can't pretend to play a lot of Call of Duty, much to my brother's chagrin when he worked there. Uh, but it's, I, I don't know. I, 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 this was the first I had heard of it working on different generations. I know we talk in the space here about whether or not you get held back um, by other generations. I think in part you do. I, I think that's a part of the thing. So if that engine works on older uh, consoles, I do worry about whether or not it can actually advance the ball. This is the strangest transition of maybe any console generation transition that I can I can remember. We're going to be deep into 2023 with 
games still coming out on both generations and that's yeah. interesting I, I think yeah. it, I think to your point uh Hogue, it, it actually kind of depends on how the game's made sure. because PC has dealt with this problem for years and expertly so which is that you can run it on a really weak computer or a really advanced computer and they're scaling I think some uh console developers aren't used to that paradigm but they're mm -hmm. they're going to have to get used to it because consoles are now going the way of the cell phone where you know you don't have to buy a new cell phone every year to play candy crush you can you can kind of play it on to a certain limit and then there's a a, a certain point where your phone becomes so old it can no longer play games and you kind of right we only go back to iphone 6 or whatever right yeah exactly and yeah. I, th I think that's how it'll be for consoles right it, and so i think i think some developers are playing catch up with how they do it and those ones are certainly going to get held back but i think people that have been doing this for pc for years and they see that ability now on console to kind of create that sliding scale where you can just upgrade or downgrade the, the it easily i think they won't be hold back, held back so it kind of depends um hey but, but and, I, and yeah i would love that and i think we'll yeah. get one one good example of it tomorrow right in terms of reviews of uh horizon forbidden west across generations so i yep. mean that's that'll be interesting because it's not just the ps4 pro it's the ps4 base yeah has right to play this thing um so that's that's a while back yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. I, th I think there's going to be some studios that are really good at it, and I th I, I suspect Sony is going to be one of those studios, yes. like because it's their console, right? They're gonna they're gonna crush it. But um, I actually think that Cyberpunk was the first uh, the first uh, victim of this, right? They were the first. Uh, they drew first blood, which was their game ran fine on PC. Right. And it ran OK on Xbox Series X. But the reason it got destroyed is because no one had the new consoles and they were trying to play it on PS4s and Xbox Ones, which the game was not optimized for. And I think that is like a symptom of that. Now people know it actually kind of happened to Dying Light 2 as well. That was sort of a, okay. a headline no one paid attention to because more people have next gen consoles now. But that game does not run well on the old consoles. And if it came out around the same time Cyberpunk uh, 2077 did i think it would have the same res response right people would be like what this game is like almost non-functional um so yeah i, I think it, it's a growing pain for the industry but i think when all things are said and done it's going to be a positive change because it means that you don't have to upgrade and developers will be a lot better at creating that sliding scale that that doesn't completely break your game so i'm, I'm actually kind of optimistic about that part of I, like that. I just think we're in a weird situation right now well i've often said i i worry about engines I, it, because that looks like you're going forward for a while and i want you to have thought about these things and let's give them credit i bet they did but i have often liked the generational transition the last couple of times now because i as i said you if you have to make it for the old gen then chances are i'm getting 60 frames like that's the easiest thing for you to do for me and yeah. so you get this level of smoothness uh, that I've enjoyed because you did have to build it for the old system. So, you know, hey, you convinced me. Uh, let's do some <laughs> cool stuff. There you go. No, well, you can clip that one out, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this comment by uh, my brother OBM, too, from Xbox era. Uh, sorry to, sh to shift you guys in the frame again, but he says, next paradigm is exciting to me. Between democratization of development combined with lower barriers to consumers, there'll be more risk-taking in content. Um, hmm. So I, I basically, it's kind of what we talked about before is where the gaming industry is growing so large, barriers to actual play are, are less hardlined as they once were. And hopefully that would, uh, the influx of development funding along with those reduction of barriers, you would hope that uh, developers take more risks in creating kind of original content rather than uh, <laughs> exactly what we're talking about, a reboot of a reboot uh, with Call right. of Duty. So, um, well, but maybe yeah. all these, maybe, maybe a side effect of all these acquisitions will be that 
a, a new kind of generation of up and comers spawn and and people create new studios. I'm I'm always hopeful that that's what will yeah. happen. It won't be because there's no there's no monopoly on create creativity, right? You can't do that. And so um, I'm 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 hoping that that'll happen. But well, we you know agree on the on the dev side in particular, right? Because new studios will pop up. They're popping up all the time. Uh, in fact, Shinobi, who a lot of people know on Twitter, did a fantastic thread of 20 new studios that have just rather quietly popped up with really strong talent over the past like 18 months he did a thread earlier this week on twitter which was good um but we were just talking about horizon right that's a a studio that took a risk on a new ip and it's become a 20 million seller fantastic franchise and i think there's it's time where you know we, we celebrate the halos we celebrate the god of wars of course right but if you think back over you know think of the franchises we've talked about a lot recently from uh mass effect to uh bioshock we keep bringing up um what were we just talking about earlier um i'm gonna lose my train of thought now but there's there's all these games that just sequels and reboots we've been talking about for 15 20 years now and i, I think it's it's the industry is primed to have new ips that kind of wow us in that way that come out or say holy yeah you know what I mean? Like, a, oh, where yeah. is the, the new new Bioshock? Sure. Where is the new Last of Us? Where is the new Mass Effect? They're, they're hopefully coming. Well, you know, you didn't ask me at the top of this episode what games I was playing an hour and 15 minutes ago, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, I, but but over the weekend, what have I been playing? I've been playing Sifu. I've been playing Chorus. And I've been playing The Forgotten City with my kids. Oh, fantastic game. Um, yeah. And... They're, they're, I, I've been having a great time with all of them. By the way, I think you undersold last week Sifu um, in terms of its artistic nature. Uh, it has some real artistry going on in its various levels. And I, 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 I wasn't expecting it. Um, so I've been having a great time you get with to the third level yet, Museum? Yes. Have you played through the whole level of Museum? Uh, no, it's where I'm at. Uh, I've gotten to the boss. Oh, okay. It, it's stunning, isn't it? It's like playing oh. through a, a kung fu movie, like at its best. It's yeah. It's no, that's what I. I was thinking of level three when I said this, but it's like, yes, there's so much out there that is. I, those games are, you know, whatever you want to call them, double A. Um, yeah. they're, they're they're not just pixel games. I love pixel games. Sorry, indie developers, I really do. But <laughs> there's something more than that, um, and it's all uh, out there to be played. And yeah, in terms of new studios, I, I keep bringing it up, but Respawn existed for five minutes, came out of Infinity Ward, and is one of those big studios now. So you can have that happen. I like what Travis said. There's not a monopoly on creativity. A lot of these people are geniuses. A lot of these people are going to go off and start their own firm, um, are going to go off and try to find their own fortune because that's the best way to really, really make it. Um, in video games. That's the risk. That's the entrepreneurship. That's what I love, you know, venture capital, corporate lawyer, that kind of thing. But that will always happen when it's essentially creative minds making something that know the tool set and can do it in, you know, groups of 10 or, or, or even fewer. Uh, so I, I think I think that stuff is great. I think democratization, I think, is the, the reference point there that I heard in that comment. You do have tools coming out. I think some of the stuff Epic is trying to do is great. Mm -hmm. in terms of bringing those AAA type tool sets to more and more people. Uh, I do worry, though, when we look at acquisition and consolidation, that you are potentially looking at a kind of monopsony. Not monopoly. I know people don't want to talk about monopolies. I get that. Uh, but a single buyer, a, a single point of reference. You want to get on Game Pass? Well, then you got to get past this gate. And this gate is asking for these things. Um, and this is what we like over there. 
Uh, and, you know, maybe if you could call yourself Crossfire, we'll put you straight on, however your game turns out. Uh, and so I think when we look at these things, the people that are excited are right, and the people that are a little bit worried are right as well. Uh, it's a very tumultuous time in video gaming right now, and I think that's exciting, uh, but it also can be fraught. Fair. But again, I'm a wet blanket, right? I'm the negative Nancy on this one. Yeah, we haven't even talked about all the inevitable layoffs that are going to come with Activision. There are, there, when you combine giant companies like that, there yeah. are inevitably, at bare minimum, back office redundancies. Yeah, you it's don't gonna need be seven million billers. It will probably, <laughs> it will probably be a decimation, and I mean that the literal definition of the word to reduce by one tenth. It'll probably be around that. Yeah, I've lived through that, man. It's, uh, it's not fun living through a minefield. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about that, but I, no, no, I've had to organize the Friday meetings. I, yes, I've been there, I've had to do the layoffs. Yeah, I have as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not fun. it's not fun. Um, all right, let's move on to more positive topics. Wolf Among Us 2. <gasps> we finally got to see it. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea, Travis. I can't tell if you're oh man. my god, it's so good! It's the best oh, okay. one. I, I, I've been reading fables since I was a kid. Oh, okay, you're serious, and I'm excited then because I can tell if you're being sarcastic. I am hugely excited for this. I, I believe, in my opinion, I haven't played them all, but it was my favorite Telltale game. Um, I love the story it told. It was just, it was fantastic. And so when we when we heard a couple years ago it was coming back, and then the whole debacle happened with Telltale, and it wasn't coming, and now this kind of rebirth. So Jeff Keeley and uh, his uh, production crew uh, put on a show midweek, basically with some of the devs at Telltale. Uh, Wolf Among Us 2 is coming next year. They are planning the full series in advance, meaning the story will kind of be done from the start. I don't know if it's going to be episodic release. They didn't say. But it is going to be on a new engine. They're they're moving to Unreal. Thank goodness. <laughs> I was um, going to say. <laughs> uh, and half of the development team is actually original Telltale devs. Okay. Uh, the sequel takes place six months after the first game, still 1980. Uh, Big B, of course, they showed. And uh, it just looks, it looks fantastic. So, Dan... We've been rambling about Call of Duty for a while, as you've uh, yeah. said quietly. I can't remember if you liked Wolf Among Us as much yeah, as I man. did. Yeah, man. It's probably, I mean, I, I like The Walking Dead, the first Telltale first. game. Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's probably my first, my favorite one. This is probably Tales a from really second. Also really good. Tales from Borderlands. Yeah, Tales from Borderlands is really, really good. God, uh, I think I'm Sam and Max is my favorite okay. Telltale game. I'm sorry, gents. Those are also, <laughs> those are also great. And they recently got remastered, too. Um, yeah, I mean, this is super exciting. It's, I don't know, it's been like 13 years since they announced this. Uh, so <laughs> this is great. Uh, it, it's it's because it's, it's a little bit darker, right, than the rest of them. I mean, and most, a lot of them are. I mean, a lot of the Telltale games have really kind of with the exception of Borderlands, you know, have, have a really kind of dark tale behind them. Um, I was never, you know, I'm, I, I didn't know anything about the, uh, like, is a comic book, right, Travis? Is that right? Fables. What, yeah, fables. fables. Yeah, right, a graphic yeah. novel, please. But um, yes, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, so this one—it's one, of the, it's one of the best comics, actually. Oh my god, so uh, good! Graphic novel. Thank you. And graphic novel. Graphic well, novel. you interchangeable. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it is. It is closer to a graphic novel, honestly. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it looked like. I mean, it, what was that like? Dorothy and the you know Scarecrow. And, yes, and, it was Dorothy okay. and uh, Scarecrow and the Tin Man. In yeah it looked amazing so super excited about this i really kind of hope they just release it as 
like one game, you know, and then just that's what I was nah, gonna ask. No, nah, yeah. I want the episodes, man. I want, I want oh. those cliffhangers. It's here's my thing it's like, yeah, the episodic thing is a little old school, but I feel like it keeps the conversation going, you know, like when when hbo does like an episodic show like when they used to do game of thrones we would talk about it for like two and a half months now a, a show will drop all at once and everybody watches it on the same day and if you don't watch it the same day you get spoiled because people have way more time than you this is me speaking for my personal traumas and and then and then the conversation dies and i kind of like the episodic thing where we're talking about it every week so i, I hope they stick with that i bargain with you and say okay keep it episodic but let's shrink the gap between the episodes. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. It should be like uh, I would do it like once every two weeks. For okay, a game. all right, you Something got like me. That. You got me. You got me. I'm on board. Oh, that, that, yeah, that's all right. That'd be all right. Yeah, I don't like the like the two month waiting period yeah. between the two. Oh, there, yeah. there was Telltale there was like when they really started out was the worst. Telltale oh, yeah. would just have like a oh we'll get to that Tales of Monkey Island chapter soon. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like like I, I was playing Telltale games when they were still putting puzzles in their games. And they, they weren't just kind of narrative dialogue, uh, walking simulator excursions into nowhere. Um, but that's that's where I that's where I grew up knowing them is looking at, hey, we're going to take up the Lucas uh, Arts library. So I right, got right. you know Tales of Monkey Island. Uh, I remember I think they did a Wallace and Gromit game. Um, but these were all like adventure games. These, these all had inventory. That's why I like the uh, Sam and Max. Sam and Max, some of those are hard. Like th those are hard to advance because they use some of that old adventure game logic, yeah. um, and that's that's what I liked. Uh, but then they moved. Then they then they had Walking Dead season one, which was great. But Walking Dead season one doesn't have those puzzles. Um, and then they said, okay, this is what people like, and this is what we're going to make until we die, and then they die. <laughs> um, and then now we were going to have uh, you know Wolf Among Us. I, I liked Wolf Among Us one fine. I just don't. I'm not as compelled by adventure games where it's it's essentially guaranteed that you're going to be moving forward. Um, and I think the last Telltale game I actually played fully was Game of Thrones, which I hated. Um, yeah, it was not, not good. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So, uh, uh, dude, I played I played the Guardians of the Galaxy. You think Game of Thrones was bad? Oh, that Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy I don't game was, it was a disaster. One. Yeah, I know. I know you don't. I'm the only guy who played it. Like <laughs> it was. It. Oh my god, it was bad. such a bad it game. Was bad. They're taking on one of my favorite properties. They're going to do an expanse game. Um, so I'm hopeful yes. for them. Yes. Um, you know, we'll see. It's new Telltale. We're calling them Telltale, right? But for people that don't know, Telltale went under and a new investor group bought the name. That That's how acquisitions happen. So it is Telltale. They have the rights to call themselves Telltale, but it isn't Telltale as it existed before they went under. Um, so there's always some that some of that trepidation. That's why... Uh, it's important to know, hey, half the developers are the same. That's why they put that in the press release kind of yep. thing. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. God knows they need a new engine. So yes. uh, that's that's oh, great. God. That was part God. of the whole announcement. <laughs> it's like it's a whole. <laughs> uh, they're using it like, like, poof, thank God. All right. Uh, All right. Here's another uh, controversy, which is uh, has sprouted up this week, which is Martha is dead. Somebody so dead? As, yeah. as a horror game fan, I've known about this game for a long time, but I would say it's fair to say that the general gaming community didn't really know what the, about this game. This is not a big game, right? Uh, you, okay, you know the track. I, so, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, I learned about it this week, but now I'm, okay. I'm going to buy it for sure, not on PlayStation. So, this game was shown originally, I want to say, in 2020, and it was supposed to come out last year. I've had a like a key request in it for at least a year. 
Um, but it got delayed for obvious reasons, right? Development and whatnot. Sure. Miles, uh, our friend over at Windows Central, actually did a, a full preview on this like a month ago um, and talked to me. I actually talked to him offline about how like how horror horror it is, like horrific horror. And so what came out this week, Wired Productions, who uh, I'm assuming is production company or, or producer on this, basically came out and made a they statement. They to be the publisher, yeah. Publisher, yeah, sorry. Publisher. Publisher. They publish a lot of uh, games. I believe they refer games. to LKA as the developer, I want to say, is the three letters. Yes, it's a small studio. Yes, sorry. I meant publisher, producer, came out of my mouth. But anyway, um, they came out and, and kind of gave this statement, which, uh, you know, kind of read pretty disgruntled of the fact that they have to go back and now modify the PlayStation version of this game um, because of some kind of content. And it was found later found out that the content they're referring to, um, which, to say it out loud, yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty grotesque, is the fact that um, there's a part of the game where uh, you, via the game, it's not a cinematic, you do this. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Um, where you carve the face off of someone and wear it. And yes. Miles wrote about this in his preview. He even put it in his tweet about the game. It's kind of been known and advertised that this game goes places from a hor horrific standpoint. Regardless, um, what I wanted to ask you guys about, um, because it just became a big topic this week, is, you know, this is being, parts of this are being cut out now on the PlayStation 4 and 5 versions of this game. Where do you kind of stand on this personally? I'm not talking about Rick, because I know Rick. I was say, you seen my thumbnail? You've seen my thumbnail. I know, I know, I know. So, <laughs> you know, like this, you know, obviously PlayStation, Sony can do whatever they want. Nintendo yes. does. This is not they new. Can. PlayStation yeah, they, does this more than you realize. In fact, they do. They do. They do it for a lot of games. Yeah, they do. In fact, I was talking to a good buddy last night who plays probably more horror games than me, and he told me that he didn't realize initially that they also censored Visage, which if you haven't played Visage is one of the most unsettling horror games you'll play anytime recently. It's a tough play. Bought um, it on Xbox. Visage was on Game Pass, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was briefly. I don't know if it yeah. still is, but it was. I but it still is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, my only point on this was for me personally, I obviously don't like this. I like horror it, it, my opinion is always let the developer make the game you want. I understand as a platform holder, there's responsibilities. You look at this across regions globally, and there's many aspects to this conversation. Just personally to me, if you're going to allow this game, you know what this game is, right? You know what they're attempting to do. I don't like that one platform is going to have a version of this game that is different from two other platforms that have this game. It's the kind of stuff we used to see like, the famous one, of course, is Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo that didn't have blood. And you had to yeah. put in a code to see blood, but Genesis version had blood. And it just reminds me of those days. Like, it feels antiquated to me. Um, a little bit. Yeah, so I, I mean, pe yeah. people are able to do whatever they want with their platform. And I think lots of people have made that comment online. Like, oh, you know, it's PlayStation's walled garden. They get to decide what goes on in there. And that, that certainly is true. But you also have the right as a player to disagree with that policy and to say, yeah, I support freedom of speech, which, you know, everybody has their own bias. I'm, I'm extremely an American person. So my bias is that I support freedom of speech, even, even when it's uh, extreme content. Um, and so I, I think that this sort of thing is bad. The, the other thing that, that um, I think is, nobody's really talking about is that this wasn't really the only solution. 
there, there are lots of games that let you choose to skip certain parts of the game and, and let you right. do it. F- famously, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 had a section uh, that you could Black skip. Two, uh, no, Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, the, the, it's uh, no Russian. No Russian mission. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, that to me, I mean, that was eight years after September 11th and, and they have you carrying out a terrorist attack in an airport. Like, that, that was pretty extreme. And they just said it straight at the top. Hey, if you're not into that, I get it. It's part of the story we want to tell, but you can skip it. And I feel like PlayStation, that should have been on the table. And I feel like probably the developers must have suggested that. And I'm, I'm unclear why it did it. And then, and then I, I, I think the reason for that is probably because Modern Warfare 2 was a massive blockbuster game. And uh, Martha's Dead is a small publisher that S- Sony feels like they have more sway over and can tell them, no, we don't want that content on our platform. So it, feel, it, it reeks of a little bit of unfairness and special treatment to me, um, unnecessary. And then personally, just because I'm an American and, and uh, strongly believe in the value of, of free speech, I, I personally just don't like it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to buy this game now <laughs> just because I feel like I got to support the the devs and and I will buy it on a platform that isn't PlayStation. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not super happy about this. And I, I think it's a missed opportunity to uh, meet a middle ground and maybe just skip, the, have it as an option to skip it, right? Um, yeah, why, yeah. Like why that the wasn't upcoming considered. scene is, yeah, there's other, to your point, there's other ways they could have gone about this rather than just cutting yeah. the game up. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> what, what exactly though, did they do like did they remove the option to that you control that part with your mouse and they haven't edited it yet or they have no specifics at all even even the supposition of what part it is exactly just the supposition yeah it Um, says it says sorry to interrupt you rick it says we've had to modify this is directly from them we've had to modify the experience on playstation versions with some elements no longer playable um so that stuff might still be in there Yes, you can read it. Some people are reading it as saying that it's not, you no longer have an input. You no longer, so if you go and you look at the videos of this sequence, it, it's not tracing the outline or anything like that. It's essentially mouse swings. It's yeah. it's hold down the mouse button and swing to the left, swing to the right, whatever. It's kind of a typical QTE setup. Okay. It is possible that what has changed is that they removed the QTE and they run the cinematic. Um, that's what the word playable could be doing there. And some people in my comments have suggested for those that don't follow virtual legality every day and religiously on Saturday afternoons. And I I don't know uh, who (laughs) you are, uh, but if you don't, uh, my thumbnail on this is, uh, what hypocrisy has no limits, uh, which is of course, uh, play off the PlayStation five motto that so you are getting better at that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Episode six seventy or whatever. I'm going to have this nailed down. Uh, so, but no, this, this is the kind of thing that, that bothers me extremely, and I, but we have to, we do have to do it with a grain of salt. We do have to say, we don't know what was changed. We don't know exactly why. Um, we don't know, uh, how much is pushed by the publisher, right? There's no doubt that it's a helpful marketing play for them in terms of Martha's dead exists. Who knew? Yep. What, what game is that? Um, and so there is a usefulness to that, especially if you're going to be in this, the small upstart spunky developer, uh, kind of side of things. You've seen this as a marketing move from a whole bunch of little development publishers to say, Hey, let's, let's fight the man. That being said, I think if Sony is doing this, there's a couple of things that pop out of that statement to me. One is they're clearly unhappy with the timing, right? This has gone through the ESRB. This has gone through some kind of certification process yeah. and it certainly appears. From the date, yeah. From the date of that statement that they're like, well, 
where did this come from, that this was a surprise to them? Now, could they just be bad at logistics? Possibly. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Sony decided on this late in the day. The second thing, which is really why I got a little fiery and impassioned in my video, is that Sony makes violent video games and <laughs> sells them to you. The most prominent of which is The Last of Us Part Two. Regardless of how you feel about that game and its artistic merit and whether or not it works for you or not, it is enormously violent and violence with a purpose. They have an artistic reason for being gratuitously over the top in their violence. And to have a company essentially say, well, that's fine. We like that. You're making an adult facing horror game with something that's, you know, it's still a video game graphic. I wouldn't play it. It's not really my thing, but to say, oh, well, this is too much, but it's not too much over there, starts to get me very, very agitated <laughs> uh, about how all this goes down. Because Sony made uh, Last of Us Part Two, and then somebody comes in and says, well, this is a mini-bit game. So I put up images of killing Helios in God of War 3, which was one of the worst things I've ever played, made by Sony. And it's just too far in my estimation to start saying, well, this gratuitous violence is okay, but this gratuitous violence isn't. And when you start looking at the entire kind of environment that we're finding ourselves in with looking at platform holders and stores and wall gardens, it starts to have the same problems that you see raised against Apple. It starts to have the same problems that you see Xbox actually start to answer in their statement trying to get the Activision deal approved, which is we won't treat our apps differently than the apps of our competitors. And this to me looks like, hey, it's good for us. Uh, we want to sell our hardware. Sex and violence, they sell. So we're going to make those. Um, God of War, we're going to make Last of Us Part Two. Uh, but you're not. You're not going to make those. We don't. It's not cool with us. And that, to me, is where hypocrisy lives. That's where I get upset about these kinds of things. Not that you don't have the right to, but as Travis so eloquently said, you have the absolute right to. I have a even bigger right to tell you that you're absolute idiots. <laughs> Agreed. And Dan's still going to buy it on day one. That's what's important. No, that's for sure. Yeah, well, this this is made for him. He's going to play with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Hope you might know the better answer for this. Who, like, do you, like, who makes these decisions for Sony, I guess? Do they have, like, a panel of, like, people sitting in, like, this little room and, like, playing these games? Or is it, like, one, like, 70-year-old guy who's like, ah, I can't be seeing that stuff? You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, it's everything is so subjective, right? So, like, is it, is it like a, do they have like a, a company, you know, statute that says, okay, this is Yeah, well, I mean, far, I think I know right? what you do on this stuff. I have not represented Sony on their side of the equation here, right? So they, they, they tell you that they have a cert process. You go and you, you follow the rules there. You get an ESRB rating. Um, and we do have an ESRB page from Martha's Dead shows an M. Uh, it's not an AO. Uh, as, as far as we can tell right now. And, and, and generally speaking, they're reviewing in that process functionality. You won't burn the house down. Uh, your menu works. Uh, that kind of thing more than you cut a person's face off. Uh, so I don't know what kind of process they had here. It's certainly not one old man. I can tell you that. It's a, it's a group awesome, of people actually. that are evaluating the content they put on their, on their system. Could be flagged by someone. Again, it's important that this game's out on PC right now. Um, and so it's the kind of thing where you, you can just have a around the around the horn type of communications pathway. But the answer to your question is, I don't know, uh, because that isn't generally shared with the, the outside groups. And I haven't gone through the process of putting a PlayStation game through CERT. 
Well, let me ask you. Okay, then this is guess, for everybody else. Is there a subject matter that you guys can think of that you could justify a kind of censorship? No, like, they can make hate like crimes anything. a game, and I think they should be allowed to 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 put that out there. I, I I just think that it should be properly labeled, and people, you know, if they made hate speech the game, I would probably give it a one out of ten, and of course they'd make me review it. But uh, I, 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 I <laughs> right next to Nerf Legend. <laughs> but they should they should be allowed to publish the game and do whatever they want to do. I just I, to me it's the it's uh, the fact that they have all of this power and I think responsibility being a platform. And you hear this on about like Facebook and stuff like they're platform holders. They have a certain responsibility. I think um, you know if if you're the gatekeeper for content, and you can decide whether someone succeeds or fails. That gives you, I think, undue influence. And I, I'm just a fan of letting people decide that for themselves. And if they did come up with a game that was where you were, the entire point was to commit hate crimes, for my example, I don't think it would do very well. It certainly wouldn't review very well, but I, I think they should, they should be able to do that because who gets to make those decisions, right? But they that's, are able to problem. do that. The question is, is, are they able to say no? And see, I, I think I disagree with Travis on this a little bit. And I think you can see it with things like Nintendo. Uh, right. The Nintendo gets into other trouble for other censorship, but in general, they aren't the, out there selling the last of us part two, and they certainly aren't making it for themselves. Right. They want to go out there with a certain brand. And I think it's useful for people to have different brands, to have different options, to know maybe this is the hardcore hate crime console. Maybe <laughs> uh, if that's the direction that you want to go, but it sounds like Nintendo to me. Yes. Well, there you go. But to also be Nintendo and to be able to say, no, I mean, we're not going to put Martha's dead on here. You're going to have to, yeah, to come on up. And this is how we're going to operate our, our space where I get, where I get issues is they make, they make God of War three. They make last of us part two. Uh, good for the goose. Good for the gander uh, yeah. from my perspective. And I, I don't view it as much or as strongly as a free speech issue uh, in terms of, um, you know, free speech is the government won't put you in jail uh, for speaking. Sony has the right, right to make the console that they want to make. Uh, but Travis has the right to criticize them for the decisions that they choose. I do as well, whether the reasons are the same or not. Um, I would say that there are a host of things uh, that are gratuitous enough that don't have any artistic merit that are effectively pornographic or otherwise uh, in that vein, whichever direction you go with that, where I would say, yeah, of course, you can say no to that. What has been shown of Martha is Dad is clearly, you may disagree with whether it accomplishes it or whether you would do it. It's clearly designed to be discomforting and to have you put into a horror mindset where you have to do this and it's gross and you don't want to be there, much like watching a horror movie. Nothing that I have seen goes beyond that kind of process. I put up an image of uh, you know Hannibal uh, in my video to say, let's, if we want to grow as an industry, if we want to not be treated as the kids that have to have in local parentis councils tell us what we can see, we're going to have to start adopting the fact that art can be uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be fun. That horror is designed for that purpose. And you damn well know it. You made a nihilistic torture porn simulator, you assholes. And so that's what I was upset about. Not that they can't choose to do these But it wasn't things. playable. Almost So if you're stalking someone in the tall grass and when you hit a button, you're going to put a shiv in their neck and then take it across their entire body. I think that's playable. <laughs> All right. Um, so how do you really feel, Rick? I mean, you know, 
<laughs> I, I get passionate about this stuff. I, you I know, it. It, it, I the it. other part, factor of this, and I put this in my video as well, is that when you don't know what the hell they're going to do, it creates a chilling effect for everything that's not just coming out tomorrow, but being developed today. Yeah. If you have yeah. to put resources and investment in people on something, you say, well, you know, you see what's happening with Martha's dad, or you see what is other yeah. like happening in censorship land, and it's guessing what some guy at Sony is going to say three years from now yeah. when your game's done. Yeah, that, if you were making if you were making a horror game right now that you were planning on putting on the PlayStation platform, it, this is going to affect you. You just freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly. I, Dan, I think you asked a, a really, really good question there, and I think it's you can have a long conversation about it. And I, I see where Travis is coming from, and I, I generally agree with it. But to your point, it, it does when you start to really think about the uh, when you start to really think about what would be possible from the worst of us, right? Uh, in oh. terms of, yeah, you start to kind of get concerned of what could be put out there and the effect that could have on people. But to your point, Travis, then where's the line? Where Who gets yeah. to decide that line and what is the line? And that, that's always an overarching debate far beyond video games. I, I, th I think it's 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 sort of decided by all of us. But to like, you know, to Hoke's point, like platforms can decide how they want to do it. They just need to be consistent. That 100 yeah. percent makes sense to me. But I do think that they're. There will always be, or there should always be, in my opinion, a, a place for people to experiment. And right now, I think that that's like PC gaming and Steam yeah. Greenlight. And the stuff sure. you can do there is crazy. And it's sort of like not curated at all, right? Uh, and so I, that that can exist. Um, I just, I think that, you know, if if PlayStation led the way and decided that this Martha dead, is dead thing is too far and then, uh, placed it, and then Xbox followed suit, and then the Steam platform holders uh, followed suit, and Nintendo obviously was never going to put this game on the console to begin with. Not even in the conversation. Cars over here in the corner. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I then it becomes a question of okay, well now now this game has effectively been killed because the platform holders decided that they they didn't want it, and I I think that's where you that's where you start to that's where it becomes a free speech thing because platform holders, even though they don't intend to be, are effectively becoming uh arbiters on what is acceptable yeah. free speech beca because they have so much influence so th that's where i just say uh you know th there needs to be some control i think or some some like free wild west for people to experiment and do things that are a little out of the box even though it, the the there will certainly be games that are uh just you know not a, not okay and yeah. and yeah um by the way uh um Kevin just says, uh, Kevin, our, our brother from over at Backlog Chronicles just says, uh, by the way, Travis, you just said, in my opinion. Damn yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I hate, I hate that term, but I still, Ooh, now I that's still, the game. I how still many, sometimes how many times we get Travis to say, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Hold on. Here's the thing is, I, I still sometimes find myself saying it because it, you know, there's that politeness thing. People say it just to, just to like chill everybody out. Yeah. And I yep. find myself sure. doing that Attic, sometimes. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm trying to beat. I'm trying to beat that out of me. I'm trying to be like, you know what? Screw them. I'm never gonna use. They they know that it's an opinion. Like no, See, there's no it's confusion. Funny. See to me. So you guys have you know I've been on a couple of these shows now. You know that sometimes I can make statements that sound like grand pronouncements of the truthfulness of whatever it is I'm saying, right? Um, so I tend to use it for exactly that reason because people really do read me as fiery and and full of strength as this is the only possible way that you can think about this. And, and, I, and I understand that. Look, my arguments are almost always right, but <laughs> I know that they're not always. And so I like to put out there sometimes that it, this is obviously 
This is obviously just my opinion. Actually, yeah. I'm willing to bet this is a video that you haven't watched, Travis, since we've had this talk. And we're not going to do this for 20 minutes. Uh, but have you seen Mahler's video to start out with his critique of The Force Awakens? You, you guys got 60 seconds. 60 seconds. I'll do this in 60 <laughs> seconds. So you don't have to watch the substance there. You're, you're liable to disagree. That's totally fine. The first 40 minutes are actually him talking about people couching their obvious opinions and subjective truth in saying, uh, in, in my opinion and things like that, and how much it upsets him, um, that it's obvious that Beautiful. it's opinion and all these various things. You could check that out. Don't watch the rest of it. You don't want to. You don't want to get into a Star Wars uh, conversation uh, yeah. with with Mahler. But the yeah, actual intro to that, I th I thought of as soon as you put that tweet out there. It's like, oh, it's a it's a, it's a so, fellow somebody soul. did someone did send me a video about how uh, subjectivity is implied, and I I watched that video and I was like, this is perfect. This is because the reason I brought it up is because I deal with it all the time because I of write reviews yeah. and people see them and they just go, oh, this guy's saying things like their facts and he should, and it's just like, right. dude, the, like reviews are opinions. Like I'm a critic. I, I don't call myself a games journalist because I've never done anything important in, in the game space. I call myself a critic because sure. I criticize games and I evaluate them. And and the fact that, that that's the most common feedback I get is that I, I said in a, in a recent review that I thought a character was a really weak character and, and the comments Joseph largely C. just, yes, I Joseph watched C. those comments pour in. The comments disagreed <laughs> with me and I was just like, okay, you guys are all wrong, but like, yeah, like yeah. you know, like that, that character sucked, but, but it's an opinion and like you, you should just, that's it my opinion. I, I played the game and I was like, this character's lame. I, I don't. Oh no. That. My favorite pastime now when I'm in between meetings or something is let's see how people are commenting on the most recent thing that Travis wrote. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, they hate the me, man. They oh, hate me. I, I'm ready for the Crossfire X uh, hate that I'm going to get. You have week, very so. few obvious defenders, which I find interesting, but hmm. I think it's, I think it's good stuff. And yeah, it was, it was so much Joseph seed is the best. It was like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, Did you cake. guys play that game? Jo like yeah, Joseph yeah. Seed is not the best. Like uh, no, every other at character all. is better than Joseph Seed in that game. Um, yeah. But no, it's, I, look, hey, I uh, I've only been on YouTube for three years or so, uh, and I've only been even big enough to get hate comments um, for a year, maybe. Uh, I have a great deal of respect for anybody that's willing to go out at a publication the size of IGN uh, and uh, get all those pleasant, constructive criticism comments. Uh, either on Twitter or through that uh, through that forum. So you know, more I, power. I got, death, to you. I, I got death threats on my first IGN review, so it's all been uphill for here. You know what I mean? Like I I, I got broken in early, so um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not afraid. It's uh, by the way, uh, Captain Crunch says great show. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, a typical shout out here that if uh, yeah, if you're enjoying a big big crowd today watching live. A lot of chat going. If you're enjoying it, please give us a thumbs up. Please sub. You know we appreciate it, and it absolutely helps the show. So thank you very much. Got a super chat here from Mr. Eric himself, Game Positive, one of our Game contributors Positive. over at Season Gaming. Yeah, the Canadian 699 super chat. All right. Good morning, BitCast bros. Big decision tonight, HCS or the Super Bowl. Yes, he's on Twitter <laughs> hating on Breath of the Wild when he should focus on the show reporting. Sure. It's very true. Very true. All right. What, what's an HCS? Halo, uh, Champions. Halo Championship Series. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. That's all right. I, I also read BOTW as best of the worst. So it's, uh... <laughs> best of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, man. HES, um, <clears throat> by the way. Uh, anyway, move it on. Let's talk. Oh, boy. I'm going to pull, pull Travis's cord on this one. Let's talk Destiny. Oh, boy. All right. So 
wanted to talk Destiny Witch Queen expansion because we are nine days away from, correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, but what Bungie is calling their biggest expansion ever? Uh, no, actually, they're explicitly okay. not calling it their biggest expansion ever. Okay. Um, they're saying that they have more content in Destiny this year than they've ever had in a previous year. And that's just because their model is more consistently like they drip feed more content than okay. they ever have in the past. But they've explicitly said that it's not as big as Forsaken because their team is obviously nowhere near the size of what it was when they were under Activision. Um, but uh, the content that we've seen so far looks fantastic. Uh, they're changing a lot of stuff that people have been asking them to change. And I find myself hyped for a Destiny expansion for the first time in a couple years Shadowkeep okay. and Forsaken really didn't do a lot to get me excited just because I kind of saw the writing on the wall with them still figuring out how to be an independent Bungie. And then right when they figured it out, they sold out so that they could do music. Um, but that's okay. Um, we're, we're, we're moving on. Um, so, so let me yeah, ask you I, this. I, I, I'm really excited for this, man. Okay. So what I wanted to focus on here, um, because there, there's a lot of us that are casual uh, Destiny players kind of jump in and out. There's some of us who don't play Destiny. But what they're really talking about here interests me with the campaign because the way they're talking about this campaign is really how a developer would talk about a true standalone single-player campaign. And they've made references to larger games, some obviously Halo, it's in their past, right? They've made re reference to those campaigns. But they've even said Doom and Bioshock uh, and that the they have this legendary mode in this campaign like they used to do with Halo, but in, in Destiny, of course, it's going to have uh, different unlockables and you can play in co-op and all these different things, right? So what I wanted to ask you, because you know, uh, as you know, the intricate details here as well as anyone is for someone like, say, me or someone, I'll go ahead and speak for Dan real quick because I don't think Dan is a regular Destiny player. You what, what, is, <laughs> what, what would be the, do you feel based on what they've shown that this is going to be something where a non-Destiny player could log in play Witch Queen, play the campaign, and just enjoy themselves for that experience without all the unlocks, loot, mission reruns, all the other stuff you do in Destiny. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty unique in the Destiny world. Um, uh, Hogue, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but I often say that Destiny is one of the best and 10 of the worst games I've ever played. Um, <laughs> and and I, I stand by that. But um, I'm, I'm weird in that every time somebody says, hey, Travis how can I get into destiny? I tell them, don't, I tell them like, just don't do it. It's not worth the, the, you know, the, the effort it's, it, it's incredibly uh, difficult to, as a new player because the Bungie has not built uh, destiny well to be accepted right. new players. That said, I actually think this expansion is going to be an exception because they've sort of altered their level, uh, their, the way that they do things a little bit to be more uh, accommodating to new players. Number one is that, when you log on, they're automatically making you the maximum power of the previous season. And so okay. you're actually going to start at the right power level, even if you've never played Destiny before or it's been a couple of years, to jump straight into the campaign. And then if you wanted to do the, uh, it's called uh, Become Legend mode, which is their 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 yeah. hard difficulty campaign, you can actually do that right out of the, the box. You can decide to do that first. Uh, and you're actually rewarded for it with a full set of armor that is... 20 power above the soft cap and so it basically if you go in and you do it you'll be like geared to start some of the end game content right away so jumping in by yourself or jumping in with friends even if you haven't played it is actually more accommodating than it's 
probably ever been in quite a while for destiny. So if you're curious about it at all, or you're, you're, you know, I wouldn't jump in today. You, it is a nightmare, but <laughs> when the witch queen comes out, it sounds like they're, do, they're making all the right moves to actually let people play this game. So if you just want to do the campaign and you want to play it on the hard mode, that is completely feasible. Even if you haven't played uh, previous stuff. Um, so yeah. Interesting. Hope do you play uh, destiny? Are you a destiny guy? So I played Destiny a long time, and I basically dropped it cold turkey on the announcement that they were pulling Forsaken into the vault. Uh, okay. So yeah, uh, that was just my choice. I, I hadn't loved it. I think uh, Travis talked about Shadowkeep and Beyond Light that didn't weren't terribly strong to me. Yeah. Forsaken was the last thing I really loved. So you announce Forsaken's going away, and I say, okay, that's that's totally fine. I don't have to be the market for everything. Yep. Um, but yep. uh, yeah, I. I I disagree pretty vehemently with that business model approach. Um, and I, I kind of disagree with the messaging they use to imply that it's necessary to keep us happy. I, I, I've said on videos, um, it's not my problem. Uh, you know, figure it out. This is, this, is, this is the content I like. This is what I bought. So you said that on work. the last word when we had you as I, guest. I, I bet I did. I bet I did. Because I really feel that way. It's like, I get it. You're trying to find an excuse and you've got an army of people willing to put that out for you. That's, that's okay. Uh, but it isn't my problem for you to have problems with your resource management, your pipelines, whatever it is. Um, it's your job to figure out. And if you don't, I'm not a customer anymore. And I'm not, I'm not upset about it. It's like, okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy for those that are excited for Witch Queen. Uh, and, you know, I hope they have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. The uh, content vault is definitely controversial and something I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah. The, the whole idea of removing content that people paid for, I think is going to be a big growing pain for the entire industry because it, it's kind of already happened for years. People just haven't acknowledged it. Like they, they turn off multiplayer servers, which is technically you losing access to content. They do that for lots of games. Um, but now it's going to become with these games as a service games, inevitable that games are going to bloat and they're going to have to remove stuff to keep it viable to play. So I'm interested to see how it works, but Bundy kind of finds itself on the forefront of that and they have not handled it well. Um, which, which is, uh, and I get that. And I'm a little bit more lenient. I think when you say multiplayer servers get taken down, that kind of thing, it's generally post end of life, in my opinion, for when these games work, obviously some are early and those are more problematic, but a lot of the times it's like, yeah, there's seven people playing. It doesn't make sense for us to keep the servers on, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, some games have launched with no multiplayer playable because their player counts are so low, which is sort of like you not getting the full package that you paid for, you know? Absolutely. No, I totally get that. I Bungie to me seems a little bit different because it's like, well, I, to me, you could have figured it out. And then people say, well, it would have cost some millions or they would have to do this or this or this. It's like, ah, okay. I, I actually think it's their player, <laughs> their player count is is unstable in between major expansions. Mm. And they're, they have so many activities. It's bloated to the point where they can't keep all the playlists active. So it's kind of a similar problem. It's like, sure. you got to remove some of the stuff you can do in the game so that you can keep players focused on these few activities and actually keep the population healthy. And I think, the, the games as a service games where there's like lots of different playlists, they're all going to have that problem. And so if I remove a playlist from Halo's multiplayer and then put another one in it, I'm, I'm technically removing content, but I'm doing it for the health of the game so that people can actually play rather that. than having 40 playlists. So. But, but I think there are ways, especially you could keep the Forsaken campaign. I mean, the problem is they built them on planets, right? They've built them on places. And so yeah. they can pull all those and get a lot of benefit from pulling them completely uh, that I get a problem with. And so I look at it like that and I say, well, all right, 
You talk about activities. Yeah. I agree with you having too much, but you, you've seen MMOs deal with this kind of thing. Have a dungeon finder, figure out your back end. So I could say, yeah, I'd like to play this activity when it's ready and I'll go shoot Fallen in the face for 20 minutes yep. while some people come together. Yeah, we've talked about solutions on The Last Word a lot. And the obvious one to me is like, just create a weekly playlist where the content swaps out and that way you can feature Forsaken every once in a while, keep it in the game, but don't, you know, it doesn't have to be always available it can because they do that in wow and stuff they'll have like a weekly like raid like this week it's this raid that you want to focus on stuff so yeah and i was thinking, there's, I there are I other solutions yeah for when sure. I, said that, I, I was thinking of final fantasy 14 where you you pop into something old and it says it'll be like 25 minutes you got other stuff to do and you're like sure i'll go i'll go run around whatever yeah. uh, and then it pops up and you go in the yeah. thing the thing to me is also another problem we're gonna have to confront as an industry which is game preservation like mm -hmm can anyone not play forsaken i mean it gives me the same vibes of like the fact that i can't watch the original star wars trilogy right because it doesn't exist anymore they they got rid I got of it laser discs i'll have you over yeah. travis yeah <laughs> well there you go you got the, the, but those are like bootlegs right of no the, they're the real right. laser discs with the original commentary track fully un, un, unaltered by han shooting anything else yeah that would have been no, that no a museum. before the uh Special editions, laser yeah, discs. Yeah, before the special editions, it's a laser disc. I got them. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> well, yeah, you should open a museum. Those are pretty rare find. But the, the the fact that nobody has access to Forsaken, right? Nobody can play that campaign right now. That I think that's a problem. The industry needs to figure out and figure out soon because it's going to become more and more of a problem with live service games. But yeah, um, yeah. overall, like if you if you're not on Destiny and you don't care don't do it but i am not a destiny shield the, despite the fact that i play a ton of destiny i have reviewed every dlc uh actually i've reviewed all of the major expansions for destiny ever uh, my first review of, of destiny i gave a six out of ten and the last two reviews both of which i did for ign i gave sevens so you know i i don't typically rate destiny highly but i'm i'm feeling more um i'm feeling more optimistic about witch queen than i have in a long time so we'll see if it ends up uh, breaking the seven curse that I seem to have given it for the past couple of years. It's and the weirdest six and seven game ever, right? Because people are compelled to play it. And I think they all mostly sound like you in some important respects. Uh, to me, it's because the 30 seconds of fun is, is the best in the business. I think it's the best shooting game that I have ever played. Um, but all of the stuff that goes on around it is too much for me. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Sorry, that um, wasn't within your uh, your time allotment. But uh, and by the way, I'll just say that infinite's mechanics are better. But anyway, they are. Gonna... They are. I agree with that one hundred percent. Infinite <laughs> shooting mechanics are better. Um, real short super chat, Dan. I'll just knock this. I'm one gonna out. leave that. <laughs> yeah, I know you disagree. I've seen you tweet about that, Hog. But uh, the thing is, Destiny benefits from the fact that it has supernatural powers and and stuff like that. And Halo just focuses on the shooting, and I think that's why it's more focused and better. If you're just talking about the shooting, but if you're talking about the power fantasy and the abilities, then it gets kind of murky. But they're it's really not apples to apples. But if you're just talking about the shooting, Halo Halo nails it. I, I said I was going to leave it, and you're calling for a response. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. I just I can't leave. It. This is, <laughs> I, this is I'm, uh, making, I'm, I'm, I'm a little Larry David. I can't just leave things. I'm making him duck to speak anyway. Yeah. Uh, Super Chat 499 from Mr. Mo, Mo Kwama from our uh, Backlog Chronicles brothers. Good morning, my effing sons. Good morning, brother. Uh, Mo Ooh, and I. What that is. I, I thought this was just challenge Rick with series of letters to a day here. <laughs> no. I also have, I see that on the chat all the time and I've never known what it meant until now. That so thank you for spelling it out. It 
is uh, it is a uh, a term of endearment for uh, our core group of people, uh, including the guys over there at TBC. So um, nice. And uh, another super chat here. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. If it's up, sorry. Lots of comments. There we go. All right. Sorry, Dan. I was going to let you take this one. Yeah, go, 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 go. If you want to get off mute, it may You're help. Muted. <laughs> Son of a... Oh! All right, anyway. <laughs> Super chat from SSJ4 Omega. Jump Force got taken off the store and recently. I did yeah. not know that. that the anime know. fighting game? Yes. Yeah. Right? It also happened to uh, Lego Lord of the Rings because of licensing reasons. Um, there's a whole bunch of games you can't get um, unless you own the physical copies or... Even if you own the physical copies, sometimes you put your disc in and be greeted by the fun surprise yeah, of knowing that yeah. the game is no longer playable. So uh, it's a problem. It's a real problem. Wow. Wow. Thank you for the super chats, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I did not realize Jump Force got taken off. That's not even that old. It's not that old yeah. at all. You can no, still that's... play it if you own it. You just can't buy a new copy. Yeah, they, yeah, they had that with the... Uh, uh, they Duck call Tale. it delisting. Delisting yeah, the game. Yeah. Once I got delisted, I remember that whole thing with Disney. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I wanted to talk on uh, Nintendo's Direct. Um, oh, wait, one question I want to ask you. We got off the Destiny real quick. Dan, are you picking up Witch Queen? You no. gonna check it out for the campaign? What kind of question is that? Just sure, for the campaign, here's the thing that'd be like jumping into the middle of a, any other campaign. I don't even know what led up to it, it would be super weird. It's like a butterfly witch in a cocoon or something. I, there's yeah, a bunch of vowels. All right. So, well, uh, let me pitch this then. There's an <laughs> right, inter, there's sure. an interactive trailer that you can watch online uh, that explains the history of the hive and what's happened so far. And you can interact with it by clicking on certain icons to gain additional information. Uh, my girlfriend, who likes Destiny but doesn't know anything about the story, watched the whole thing and interacted with it. And now she's super hyped for the game. So it worked for her. Maybe it'll work for you if you don't know anything about the lore or the history and are just interested in, in some cool space magic. Uh, I, I recommend that. It is pretty yeah. cool, though. Good idea of Bungie to do that. because It's a great idea. Yeah. The, the universe of Destiny, as we always say, trying to jump into it is is ridiculous. Even yeah. for someone like me who have a few hundred hours, not like you guys, but a few hundred hours into Destiny, when I jump back in, I said, I was like, I have no idea what's going on what I'm doing, where to go. It's the, just it's convoluted. Destiny is the only game where you can say I have a few hundred hours and it makes you a casual. Can you imagine I saying I have a few hundred hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I, you know what I mean? Like that's, it. Um, it's so well, crazy. Valhalla doesn't change all the menus on you every two months and be like, where, what, <laughs> what is this all? Oh yeah, they're going to add like, they're going to add like 15 <laughs> currencies to Destiny in this new expansion. I'm really there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for things to go very wrong, but I, yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like they're doing things right. How many synth weaves are they going to have? Synth noodle and, needle and thread? Well, they're, they're adding uh, weapon crafting in this one, and they showed a screenshot <laughs> of weapon crafting, and it had five new materials on it, and it sure didn't it look did. like those were the only materials. It looked like there was going to be a bunch of stuff, so I was like, oh, boy. My favorite uh, modern microtransactions, free-to-play type page was Destiny and Bungie explaining how to use the synth weave. And it was like eight bullet points of things that you had to gather to gather other things. And I was like, wow. Or you can just pay money, Hoke. Yeah, always an option. Or you can just pay money and can do it immediately. Or you can do hours <laughs> of grinding, which whichever one is easier for you. Uh, yeah. God bless Destiny. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait till Witch Queen is like 50% off and then play the campaign. That's Why don't well. you just wait for my review and I'll tell you. How about that? Well, I'm reviewing Witch Queen, guys. 
Whoa, are you allowed to say this kind of stuff? I don't even know. <laughs> Blacklisted. That's oh, it. man. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about today is Nintendo's Direct. We had a, a proper Nintendo Direct this week. It's about 40 minutes long. They showed quite a lot of content. Um, you know, I know we talk pretty often, and we had a great conversation with Barry just before the holidays around some of our grievances with Nintendo, generally speaking. Um, but as, as we always say, right, uh, Nintendo's its own beast. They do extremely well, despite our, our handful of opinions. Um, and there's a ton of content, obviously, coming uh, this year for the Switch. So wanted to talk to you guys. One, did you kind of check this out? Anything you're oh, really yeah. looking forward to? Because just a few highlights of the show. They announced Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The highlight, Xenoblade, yeah. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was very critically acclaimed. People adore that game and franchise. And so this was a big win for them. We got Super Mario Strikers coming back. MLB The Show is coming to the Switch for the first time, which is kind of cool. Uh, there are uh, RPG triangle strategies coming out, uh, I believe, next month. I want to say in March. Game of the Year candidate right there. I actually oh. agree. That game's and, super underrated. And then uh, I don't – you guys tell me how to uh, – is this live alive, live a live? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce live it. Live alive. Live alive, okay. So – this is incredibly interesting to me because um, if you weren't paying attention or haven't heard of this or watched the Nintendo Direct, this game is a game that was released in 1994 in Japan only by Square before Square was Square Enix. Um, and this is a, basically at the height of when they were developing some of my favorite 16-bit RPGs of all time or just RPGs of all time in general. And this, uh, what it is, is when I read the description for this, it almost sounds uh, a little bit like Octopath Traveler in concept in that the developer of this game wanted to introduce several main character stories that intersected. And so this game contains eight main characters that cross over over nine different scenarios. It is being HD remade, kind of the pixel HD remakes they do. Octopath of those Traveler. Yeah, I mean, yeah that- Octopath Traveler style game. Uh, first time ever releasing in the U.S. Uh, in 20, what, what is that, 27 years? Uh, and it's releasing on July 22nd. So that I think that's incredibly cool, um, and I'm really interested in checking that out. But I would say that you guys let me know what you think. But from a show perspective, I want to say that uh, even though there's not a ton that interests me, you have to um, admit that there was a lot here, a lot for a lot of people, and probably one of the best directs in a while. Well, I'd like to make a legal objection at the start here. Uh, before we talk about substance, there was only one real parameter that Nintendo put on this Nintendo Direct, and that was that it was largely going to be based around games releasing in the first half of 2022. Nintendo can't read a calendar uh, because the the bulk of the exciting announcements are July or later, or or maybe Splatoon summer. Could be, could be June, who knows? Either way, so I, I, we love Nintendo Directs at Hogue House. It's one of those things where I tell my girls, we're going to have a treat. We're going to have a surprise at 5 p.m., which is when they generally hit here Eastern. So they were, we're all ready. My daughter has been waiting for Splatoon 3 for forever, it seems. She yells Splatoon 3 around the house. It's a call and response. Really? Well, and I yell Splatoon 3 back at her. It's kids fantastic. love that game. That, oh. that's, you're not the first dad I've heard talk about Splatoon. She is so excited. And I said, I said to her, this is a mistake. Don't do this, dads out there. I said, well, I think we're probably going to get a date today. This is the right time for them to announce a date uh, for this game. Summer, Nintendo, you bastards. Uh, she was so upset. 
<laughs> it immediately lowered the score of this Nintendo Direct at least two notches. And, and everything else we saw, like um, uh, Live Alive, as you said, I think it's July, right? July 22nd. That's not, that's not the first half. It is not. The first half. Um, and so they I have I'm, a staggered I'm, fiscal year. Yeah, I'm, 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 they didn't say fiscal year on their notes. They, it's calendar year unless you put an F in there. Uh, and they put an F in there for the Hoke House, I'll tell you that. They put an um, F in the chat, that's for yeah, sure. There you go. No, I, and I'm being, I'm, I'm lightly joking here because, of course, I think they have a, a legal word that says, like, it's mostly focused on that or whatever. But it was interesting to me because there does appear to be a gap. It was an interesting time to put out this direct because it seems like, at least until you get to Kirby, um, there's not... There's not a ton in the immediate future. It's, it's, you know, at that point in time, it's the first 10 days of February. And like everything is saying March and eight and late April and, and May and July and that and summer and that kind of thing. So I thought it was an interesting time because usually in my estimation, direct is, is leading you up to, hey, this is this is the next thing to look forward to. And I think that next thing is mouthful mode. Uh, but that's a ways away. Uh, and so I thought I thought that was interesting. And my same daughter that was upset about Splatoon, super stoked for uh, like Kirby. 3D adventure. Um, so, I mean, oh, me Nintendo too. didn't get wrong there. Me and your daughter have a lot in common. <laughs> You're super excited about Splatoon 3 and uh, Kirby. Uh, what is it? What is it? Is it the Forgotten, Forgotten Land? Land? Yeah, it, I, that Kirby game actually looks dope. It looks really good. It really does. Oh, it, it's, it's looked better and better every time we've seen it. I thought that yeah. one was, I, I wouldn't have called it mouthful mode, but whatever, Nintendo, lean in. Um, and uh, I thought it looked good as well. I'm just sad that it's coming out because I, I, I truly get excited when there's a game for the Switch that I'm excited about. I know that's kind of redundant, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's so uncommon for me to get pumped for a game coming for the Switch that when there is one, I'm like, all right, cool. I get to play my Switch. Oh, um, Triangle Strategy is putting off so many Final Fantasy Tactics vibes. Oh, I'm so it excited. Is, it is it so good. Yeah, I, I, I've played the first two chapters. My, my problem is, is that these games, Kirby and Triangle Strategy, are coming right at the prime of the other games that will take over my life. And so it's yeah. like, February. Well, well yeah. Triangle Strategy is March 4th, so it might as well yeah. be. I mean, that's Elden Ring week. Yeah, and it's also Gran Turismo 7 day. It's the same and, day. Which uh, for me. Tiny is, Tina's Wonderland, I think, coming out. Right that's around late March. March late 25th. March, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got Horizon, Elden Ring, Gran Turismo week, 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 right? And those three will take hundreds of hours. Yeah, you didn't say me. triangle strategy. It makes me sad in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, I think triangle, for me, triangle strategy, um, Kirby, and this uh, Live Alive game are the most interesting, but I'll probably pick them up late in the year. But what what jumped out to you guys? You kind of already have said it, but what else, you know? Oh, Xenoblade with a ball. Okay. Oh, I, I have a funny story about Xenoblade, which is that the Xenoblade community hates me hates oh, my no. guts what did you do just like every yeah, other you, community you mean yeah yes. basically right <laughs> we yeah. need to make basically. a short list of communities that like travel <laughs> oh there yeah, aren't any there faster. aren't any communities that like yeah. me i have a i'm a very unlikable person uh yeah. the <laughs> uh the uh yeah so i reviewed xenoblade chronicles one okay and i gave it an eight and that that is my sin All right, that's, why they, that's why they hate it. me it's not dare you yeah that's what they hate when me you because i one, gave it you mean definitive or you mean we definitive okay yeah so I, I i reviewed the most recent version and i just said like hey this is a really good game i love it here's <laughs> some of the problems that i had with the Fetch switch quest. version and i gave it an eight and they hate me for that i will say this i did accidentally 
Well, it wasn't accidentally. It was on purpose, but I didn't I didn't I underestimated the response to it, which is that Uh-oh. I I posted I included a spoiler in the review. Granted, mm-hmm. the game came out on the Wii in what, 2009 or something like that. It was like a really long time ago, but uh I I I underestimated how many people were going to be pissed about that and uh that that was my original sin. How late but, was how late was your spoiler in the game? I'm just curious. It's just one of the characters that's playable later. Okay. Do you know what I'm all talking right, about? All right. first yeah, game. no, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah. I, I, the one that I thought that you might stumble over, because usually people, I think, in reviewers take the first whatever many hours and say this is okay, is that you talk about Fiora, because that's that's one of the ones, uh, again, my family, my girls, very upset that I did not warn them about anything happening to Fiora. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Fiora one, like, I, I just kind of had assumed that everybody who cared about this game had already played it, or yes. that the, the embargo on spoilers was over, and I was very much wrong, <laughs> and I think we ended up taking that out of the review, the clip I included. Oh my god! But hey, look, look, lesson learned, and uh, I gave, but still, that's not really what people are mad about, they're mad about the eight, and so I still get comments on, I'll, I'll publish a review this week and it'll have a comment on it about Xenoblade. Oh, this is the guy who reviewed Xenoblade. Screw him like that. <laughs> These guys are out to kill me. It's, it's crazy. like uh, Ryan McCaffrey famously gave Alien Isolation a six. And that Ooh, like, that was which I think a decade oh, no, ago. No, no, no. God, ago. Alien Isolation is a freaking classic. I mean, it, but here's the thing. His, his, his point of view from it of like, you just spend a lot of time waiting. Like I agree with that. It's kind of a boring game sometimes. Okay, well, we're going to put that aside. We're going to just yeah. have to have a Travis and Hogue discussion. Oh, we are, because I, I have so many hours. questions about how you could like Death Stranding. I've got all these, these Death Stranding Game up, of the yeah. Year 2019. No, no, yeah, no. Absolutely. Not even anyway, a minute. No, so I, I think 8's about right for Xenoblade Chronicles, because it does a lot of stupid stuff with fetch quests and things. It does, uh, but it, it, does. it was the starting point. I think two improved on it and then took a uh, side steps in various directions. But I love that series. And three looks awesome. They got a good yeah. graphical showing out of the Switch. At least we could tell, you know, who knows whether that's coming out. You could tell it was Xenoblade as soon as realistically the British folks started talking. Um, but it was it was it was fantastic looking and it was a great yeah. send off for the direct. Um, that's by far my biggest point, but I, I was expecting a shadow drop of some kind and triangle strategy delivered that. I mean, if you're interested in that, you can do what they did with Octopath Traveler. You can start the game, um, and play it and you can transfer that save over in March. Uh, and I think anybody that's remotely interested in a strategy game like that should try at least chapter one, uh, because it has the same kind of detail, uh, and the same kind of approach of, uh, to me, the, the classic of the genre Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Live Alive is essentially a game out of myth and legend, right? It's in the fog of the 90s. Uh, people that don't know, Square Enix, yes, they were making Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 here in North America, and which are two of my Square. favorite. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, I always, <laughs> it's always unclear whether you should refer to them back in their old terminology yeah. or not. Uh, but they were making some of the best RPGs. They were also experimenting, right? So this, this is the saga uh type uh franchise if you're familiar with any of the saga games saga frontier all the various things that happened with those square was very interested in trying to figure out can we have multiple plot lines can we use assets over and over again in order to make a more robust storyline and put all these things in and uh live alive as far as i know it hasn't been released here i haven't played it is one of their most successful experiments with that um and certainly them throwing the resources at it of putting it in i believe they're calling it HD2D, 
like a Star Wars uh, astromech of some kind, um, is is a great thing. I, I I would play literally any game in the Octopath Traveler engine. I it, everything works for me in that engine. I would love to see them redo Final Fantasy VI. I would love yeah. to see them redo virtually everything uh, with that. So if there's another game in it, and Triangle Strategy, for those that don't know, uses HD two D. Um, it, it's it's modified, and so far it's making a tactics nice. engine, but it's using that approach. I love how it looks. I love it. So I'm also excited about that. But summer, man, put a date on that. You're killing me at Hogue House. You're killing me. You need, a little, you need a little leeway in the uh, the age of COVID with all these delays. I feel like they're... I've given a lot of freaking leeway, okay? <laughs> I understand what you are saying, and I concur. But I have a little girl that wants to play Splatoon 3, so help a brother out, Nintendo. Yeah. All right, so Dan, I know you're like me with a lot of these directs. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything you saw that you're like, "Yep, I'm finally breaking my switch out." No, almost. Great. Let's move on. Almost. Oh, that's Fire Emblem had me for about thirty seconds, and then they were like, hmm, "Look at that, buddy." No, it's not. Yeah, that. What do they call it? Mouso or whatever. The the game, the Warriors. Oh, I don't know. Fantasy Warriors. Wait, just like the, the gameplay. I was hoping for like basically a sequel to Three Houses. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That's that, that had me super pumped. As soon, I mean, it was just what they let off with, wasn't it? it was, yeah, I was just like, this is awesome. And then not so much. And then the rest of it, I was just like, it was a good show. Like, I think a lot of Nintendo fans are, you know, probably love it. And then I just, you know, I'm not taking my Switch back from my kids anytime soon. Any, of them. <laughs> Any one of the three, they're safe where they are. Um, really, until I, I mean, I don't even know. Breath of the Wild, too. What, yeah, yeah Breath so, of the Wild made no appearance despite no, the fact was, they weren't holding to their date rules. Do, do we all kind of just agree that Breath of the Wild 2 is not coming this year? Oh, I don't I think so. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize it was that agreed upon. I, yeah, I, I, think, I, I hadn't talked about it in this space, but I, I don't think. I don't think it'll happen. If it does, no it'll be tail end, right? I mean, Nintendo did release Xenoblade Chronicles 2 in like top of December, I want to say. It was like a, a really late window. I mean, yeah. it doesn't they can release Zelda whenever. It'll sell. Yeah, of loads. course. But I don't um, think they would release it whenever. Uh, Breath of the Wild had a lot of press behind it when I remember playing it at E3 and then it was like, it wasn't out until the next year. So I, I think that we'll probably see Breath of the Wild 2 at least six months before it comes out, which means we have to see it really soon. And I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and they released the first one. What was it? It was in, in March, right? With the launch of the Switch. It was the launch. Yeah. And if they... I was playing it at E3 the year before, that means that I knew about it almost a year in advance. So I just feel like they... Yeah. Yeah, that could be one. a special circuit. That, that was a Wii U game. It was designed to sell Wii U's, which they were having an enormous trouble selling. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't... With the Wii, you mean Breath of the Wild? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Wii U game. It's a Wii U game. That's why your tablet looks like a little Wii U tablet. Yeah. You didn't know oh, this? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant I thought you were saying it was on the Wii U. I was like, I, I don't think that's right. Yeah, it's on the Wii U. Yeah, yeah it is. You play it on the Wii U. Yeah. It's where it launched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travis, this is this is news. Yeah, yeah Breath of the Wild is on the Wii U. It yeah. is. <laughs> Look it up. It Since is when? Since and forever. Then it's the same day. Wait, wait, so it must have launched the alongside the Switch release. Yes. Okay, okay. So then that's why I didn't play it. Just it wasn't it was a port. Old, who went no, to go no, play the old No, it was designed console. to sell the Wii U, right? So they're, they're having trouble selling it, right? So they trot out Star Fox. They trot out Link. They're doing everything. They're juggling all the balls. 
And then it's not working out for them in the way that they want. They start moving on to the Switch plans and then it becomes a launch game for the Switch and they release it at the same time. So the Wii U and the Switch game, I think, come out the same day, unless I'm mistaken. There. So, that, so that makes that makes sense why I didn't know about it because yeah. I I basically only play on the most recent. But you the know, tablet console, is so. so obviously the Wii U tablet. Yeah. I I just I just thought <laughs> oh it's a it's an old you know tablet it must be the Switch but that wow dude the I, I want now I want to see the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild because I bet you it can't be great it runs worse that's yeah, why that. it was so funny when um they were talking about i we're going back a few years now i own a you too and i didn't even know this they were they were talking about the fantastic library that this had i'm like you've got you've got um breath of the wild which is the wii u game you can play on the wii u you've got mario kart 8 deluxe which is a wii u game like for the first two years all their major titles that made the switch amazing were wii u titles i'm like what are we talking about here you know it was really strange to me but the wii u was such an underperforming console the Switch is the direct opposite of that. Yeah, cannibalized it. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I'm playing also, Tropical like, Freeze right now. You know, I mean, Being able to is. play Zelda on the subway, which is where I played most of Breath of the Wild, is a vastly different experience than being tethered to your home console with the mm-hmm. Wii U. So I, I give them credit for it. Like the, the the user experience was a lot better for the Switch. Yeah, no, the Switch was a masterwork in terms of marketing and everything else that they did. It, obviously, what the market wanted... I, I give Nintendo full credit for that. But yeah, yeah. I, all I'm saying is that the environment in which they were showing Breath of the Wild was trying to save a dying system. So we might have a shorter runway. I agree that they're not going to shadow drop it or anything. Uh, say it's it's available in a week. Uh, but I think it might be that they could announce it in June for a December release, like something like that. Uh, or, you know or, what? Or now that I'm show. thinking about it at that E3 where I played, where I played it early. Yeah. I think it was running on a PC. Oh, okay. It was like that. Maybe that's why I just think of it as a switch game. Cause I never saw the Wii U version. I was like, I think it was like they hadn't, they didn't have it on any sort of console yet. I, I remember using a, uh, I was using one of the, the pro controllers to play it. It wasn't on any kind of tablet. So yeah, that's there weird. you go. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think this year though. I really don't. Although they'd need something to fill in. Maybe, uh, uh, some other remaster of a different Zelda. They t- they like that move. Yeah, they did that last year. I think that probably was, if you think about long-term development, that probably was their move to hold people over till Breath of the Wild. But Breath of the Wild 2 is now taking so long in dev that it, it creates this another gap. There's another year gap, right? So it's kind of interesting. Um, got a super chat here from... Dan, you want to hit? <laughs> this is a random super chat. Yeah. All right. Gecko Gamer. Two... Is that Euro? Euro. Yeah, Euros. Yeah, Euros. Uh, one has to die. Crash or Spyro? Uh, crash. 100%. Oh, uh, oh, I love those oh. two. I love those two. I think I'd oh. probably kill Spyro. I'd kill Spyro as well. I kill both. Oh, <laughs> you are a horrible person. I can't imagine my communities don't like you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, no, actually, I, I do like both of those games, but I kind of, to me, it's not really like a, it's like uh, either one, flip a coin. Uh, no, Spyro would, Spyro would have to go. And, and, uh, being me, I have to say that Banjo is better than both of them. So, who of course, really cares? that's that's my point. Is like they're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Banjo's not even the same kind of genre. What kind of comparison is that? They're platformers. Three yeah, D platformer. Just just platformers. Three D yeah. platformers. Mascots, yeah. you know. Come on. Banjo's a collectathon. Spyro kind of morphs into that after a little while. Crash is a freaking like Mario. It's game. also a collectathon. You collect things not. while you're running. Oh my god! All right. It's, yeah. 
added two to my videos with Travis. They used to call it a two and a half D. You remember that? Because it like yeah, 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 they, yeah. You know, one of the things in the direct was Klonoa, right? That's yeah. that is the what I think of when I think of two point five D. Yeah, yeah. I probably, I probably, serious answer probably would choose Crash. I, I just don't have that much affinity for Spyro. I played those games, but I was just sort of like, yeah, yeah. But so Crash was, I, Crash, I like that they were funny. You mean choose Crash? You meant choose Spyro to die. Choose Spyro to die. Sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Gecko Gamer, uh, and having us have a little debate there. That's funny. Um, all right. With that, fellas, I think it is time to wrap up. A couple things to talk about. One, like I said, thank you very much for everyone tuning in today. Chat, you've been awesome. A lot of new faces, a lot of new people. Love to see it. Um, things this week to be aware of. So if you didn't see it, uh, right? well, most people didn't see it because it's only up for patrons right now. But up for patrons right now is an industry perspectives chat between myself and John Clark, the founder of Xbox mm. Era. Had a fantastic conversation on Friday that we put that up. It'll be open for everyone this coming Friday as you're listening to this. Uh, would love if you would check that out and give us some feedback. We talk about Xbox era. We talk about Xbox as a, as a brand and company right now. Uh, we talk about gaming journalism, clickbait, fanboys. Uh, you know, we go off on a few tangents. It's a good conversation. Uh, Travis just disappeared on us. Um <clears throat> Thanks for interrupting there, Travis. Appreciate it. Um, we've got a big uh, conversation coming this week for patrons as well. I haven't announced the guest yet, but it's gonna be it should be a fantastic conversation. Keep an eye for that. If you didn't check out our first for the record, uh, Carl and I, our resident tech expert at Season Gaming, sat down to talk about PlayStation Five um, SSD speeds how it's designed, the difference between that and Xbox Series X, what velocity architecture actually is, direct storage, sampler feedback, streaming. So if you are a pure nerd or geek, this is the series for you. Please check that out. Uh, had a great time with that. And of course, we have Horizon Elden Ring on the, on the horizon. Uh, there will be a lot of coverage from us on those two games, so stay tuned. I kind of want to play Horizon Elden Ring now. I'm, I'm curious. I want... That would be an interesting mashup. <laughs> a little crossover, yeah. Travis Horizon Zero Rings. That's yeah. my dating life as a video game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Travis, why don't you tell people where they can find you and what you're working on, brother? Yeah, uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Travis if you want to uh, hear me gripe about um, not liking the phrase, in my opinion. Um, you can uh, read all of my stuff on IGN.com. I am right now working on the Dying Light 2 wiki. So I'm actually still playing that game. I'm, I'm uh, helping everyone find all of the hidden stuff and secrets on the map. There's a whole bunch of them in that game. So um, got my hands full at that. Also reviewed this week um, the uh, DLC for uh, Far Cry 6, which you can find. Uh, the I did a preview for Assassin's Creed Dawn of Ragnarok. Uh, and then I've got this week two reviews of Crossfire X coming out for multiplayer and campaign. So I've got a ton of content. It's a it's a renaissance of Travis <laughs> content. If you if you care about just specifically my content for some reason, uh, but other, other than that, you know you should uh, you should probably watch all of Hoag's videos, uh, and you should follow Dan's uh, OnlyFans. So that's all I gotta say. OnlyDance.com. Only dance. Only dance. <laughs> yeah. It's like farmers only, but but uh, just, just for people named Dan. Yeah. All right. Rick, where can people find you, man? Yeah, absolutely. I'm also griping often against Travis on Twitter at Hoaglaw. Uh, and you can always find me in virtual legality where randomly yesterday I decided to 
do two videos on a Saturday afternoon because I was entertaining myself and they are fun. Um, so please do check those out. We talked about Sony hypocrisy. Martha is dead. We talked about various weird terms and conditions. Uh, and of course, I talked at length about the Microsoft statement, all the stuff I didn't want to include in this show to be two hours longer than it already is. Uh, you can check out there. We'd love to have you in virtual legality. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you'll also see at the end of those videos, I'm starting to uh, talk about the BitCast. So hopefully uh, we can have a little bit of virtual reality BitCast audience crossover because I think there should be some crossover of interest. So check us out over there. Love to have you. I'm sure I'll do more videos. I never try to claim what I'm doing because it seems like every day in the video game industry, I wake up to new DMs, <laughs> emails, and video <laughs> possibilities. So we'll see what happens. I love now that there's any... Um... You know, if any publisher or developer makes a statement about a game, they're like, where's Hogue? Get Hogue on this. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Um, and it's so helpful. I, when I started out the channel, it was so much harder to figure out what to do. And now it's, you just get, oh, it's that. It's it's the thing that is filling up my uh, DMs. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because it's not just, it's not just that. It's not just the size of the channel. It's a, a lot of stuff is happening every day. Um, and, uh, that's very exciting, uh, yep. in, in an industry that I love. Yep. And thank you for the shouts out of, of big cast. Of course, oh. uh, it's not uh, a favor to us anymore. The three of us, it's a favor to us as a group. You are part of the big cast now. So we need to, uh, make sure we're recognizing this properly. Dan, who you got in HCS tonight? I don't even know what that is still with the halo thing. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't even know who plays. I don't By know the way, any of the team. I will tell you this. I learned yesterday, and they're and they're good. There's a Kansas City Halo Pro team. Oh, really? They're in the well, we, top. Yeah. They're in the top eight. They're Kansas City Pioneers. I ordered. They're, they're coming here. Notably, the, the yeah. champion, the Halo Championship, is coming here this summer. Yeah. Yes. The next. Notably, you are not on their teammates. I very notable. That out. But yeah. I will say, smart by them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I would not be lying when I say I might have ordered a jersey of theirs yesterday. While nice. I was yes, so we'll That's be funny. that at some point soon. But, Dan, anything uh, to shout out, brother, before we head out? No, man, let's just wrap her up. I'm ready to wrap, go. Wrap it up. Guys, thank you again. Everyone who tunes into us weekly, as we say, we you know you have a lot of choice in gaming, Big Cast. Really enjoy the interactions here in our community. You're what make this great. Thank you so much. And as always, Big Cast, your weekly show covering all things Xbox. PlayStation, PC, and Nintendo with industry and technical insight. Until next week.